and gentlemen, we, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman Report. This uh, right week, right after Memorial Day. Hope everybody had a wonderful holiday. I know I did. I hope everybody got to spend a lot of time with their families. Had some fun on the grill up here in beautiful Northwest Pennsylvania. It was certainly beautiful. We had temperatures uh, between 70s and 80s, and sunny for the most part. I got to spend a lot of time with my family. Got to do some some cooking. Uh, got to eat some nice steaks, and I am rejuvenated and ready to go. We got to we got a, a fantastic show for you tonight. Um, portions of this program are brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Excuse me, Omaha Steaks. We will have more on that later uh, as we continue to move into the program. We broadcast each and every week, each and every weeknight live. <laughs> 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Global Star Radio Network, simulcast on Blog Talk Radio Network, as well as you can find the live video streaming on YouTube. And all of the shows are, are backed up via iTunes, our website, SoundCloud. Go to HagmanReport.com and go to HagmanAndHagman.com. Bookmark both those sites. Hagman Report is where you'll find the news and important content of the day, as well as the show information and HagmanandHagman.com is specifically for the show information. And HagmanReport.com is something that I've been working on um, myself for a while. And we have um, new commentators, Sergeant Tim being one, Stephen Menking another one, uh, soon-to-be Liz Crokin, and a few others who will be posting uh, their own their own articles, original content, on the website. They've already started doing that. Uh, so, folks, make sure when you visit HagmanReport.com, you bookmark it, and you check out all the different uh, options that are available on there, from the featured content to the uh, news from the wires. We have the, the show under show notes. We have this week on the Hagman Report, which gives you a rundown of everything that's on our broadcast for the week. Uh, Sunday night, I was on with Dave Hodges for an hour, and we got into some some good stuff. And we have a, a fantastic show lined up for you today. Um, we have news until 7.30. I'm going to get into a number of stories that I think are important. Then we have uh, World Net Daily author Alicia Powell. She was on with Liz Crokin last Thursday. She's going to come on for a segment to give us an update on the Seth Rich investigation. And... Uh, after I finish going over the schedule, we're going to continue to talk about Seth Rich right off the bat because there's been some developments. Uh, a lot of people thought some real big, important news broke over the weekend, but there is, is some disinformation being intentionally uh, leaked as as though it's coming from sources being leaked to, to legitimate journalists and passing it off as real. Uh, we're getting into a, a new playing field here in this game, if you want to call it that. And I believe that's another indicator of how worried and concerned these people are. And uh, from from 8 to 9, after Alicia Powell's on, 
Alex Wilson from Precious Timber is going to be joining us. Then, in the third hour, I got more news and, and information, and I could fill the whole hour, um, you know, just having a discussion with you guys. But what I, I think I want to do is open up the phones, at least for the half hour, if not the whole hour. So I will keep you guys updated, give you the number um, as we progress throughout the show. So it's going to be a fantastic show. Also, a uh, quick announcement. If you missed one, one of our most uh, more popular shows in the last few weeks was last Thursday. And I want to, and the reason I'm bringing attention to it, we did rebroadcast it yesterday for our Memorial Day broadcast. But the reason I'm bringing attention to it is because it's picked up a lot of traction on sites such as YouTube, even our podcast. The, the individual episode from last Thursday is ranked very high. We had JB Wells on the first half hour of Caravan to Midnight. Then we had WorldNet Daily authors Liz Crokin and Alicia Powell. And we also had George Webb on. And a lot of people have been paying attention to the investigations that George Webb has been doing. And he always, uh, he has a lot of connections, a lot of contacts, and a lot of information. And he, he broke some interesting news, uh, with Jerome Corsi from that show. So if, if you haven't listened to it yet and you get a chance, and as we told you last week, a lot, we were getting emails about how people did not want to, or did not have the time to sit through a three hour broadcast and watch it on YouTube. Well, if you go to our YouTube channel, which is, I want to make sure I get the right URL, it is uh, the official Hagman and Hagman report, and you click under videos. Not only will you see each three-hour broadcast, but in between the three-hour broadcast, you will see each guest or segment separated or segmented on YouTube. So if you want to catch an interview, we'll say, uh, with just George Webb, you can go to last Thursday and uh, click on the actual interview for George Webb if you want to miss everything else. Now, there's a new report on HomelandSecurityUS.com that my father has written. Uh, HomelandSecurityUS.com, bookmark that. That's a website that my, my father's had for a long time, since about 2002. And once we started you know, doing the radio show, we moved over to HagmanReport.com and Hagman and Hagman. But he's been revamping that with his own original content and some of the content from uh, folks who used to uh, be investigative reporters working with my father for, with Northeast Intelligence Network. They are rebuilding that website. And you're not going to, unless I post those stories from Homeland Security US onto Hagman Report, you're not going to see them. So make sure you go to Hagman uh, or HomelandSecurityUS.com. That's HomelandSecurityUS.com as that is being revamped. Well, uh, let's jump right into the news, folks. I don't know where you want to start. Uh, there's a lot going on. I guess we can start with North Korea, as that seems to be, you know, some of the more prevalent news of this weekend. Uh, this last weekend, we know last week, uh, a week ago today, we had, or a week ago yesterday, we had the terror attacks in Manchester at the Ariana Grande concert. There's a number of developments, uh, and things that we've learned, uh, since that event. One of the things that happened after that terrorist attack was, uh, the UK, raised their terror alert to the highest level possible, which is critical, and deployed army on the streets. We now know that the reason they did that was not just in response to the terror attack. Instead, it was because of the intelligence that they gathered from the brother and other family members of the terrorists who carried out that act. 
there's been 11 arrests so far. Uh, nothing as far as charges uh, that I have seen have been issued, but the police in the UK say they are, uh, they have gathered 1,500 actions, uh, I believe, which are, are areas of inquiry questions, uh, to, to lead to possible charges. So what happened was after the, the terror attack in Manchester, the suicide bomber, the homicidal bomber blew himself up. His family was arrested. There was a number of suspicious material found in his residence and others, as well as uh, frequent trips back and forth to Libya. But the reason for the heightened security alert is that there were missing explosives, missing chemicals that make explosives. And the authorities calculated there was enough to make at least two more bombs the with the same potency that went off at the arena in Manchester. Those have since been found. So the terror alert has been reduced to serious which is obviously not ideal, but the actionable information they got from the bomber's family uh, led them to raise that terror alert. They found what they were looking for, so the threat level has been reduced. But as we are in the Islamic season, holiday season of Ramadan, where they have vowed to continue to attack the West uh, as much as possible, so we need to stay on alert. But the good news out of all that is that the, the, the terrorist cell in Manchester seems to be, uh, they seem to have gotten that under control. So we're going to move on and we do have some more terrorist uh, information. We're going to wait till we get to the last hour to start getting into that because we had a lot of important news we got to make sure we hit. There was another North Korean missile test this weekend and some interesting speculation before and after. Uh, some of what we heard last week is that if North Korea was going to launch another uh, missile test, whether it be nuclear or ballistic missile test, that the United States was planning to launch uh, or to intercept it with some of their new uh, missile interception technology. Now, the latest report from NBC News states that the U.S. missile defense test over Pacific Ocean is a milestone, and the the Pentagon successfully tested a long-range interceptor missile over the Pacific on Tuesday in an exercise aimed at helping to gauge America's readiness to counter a potential threat from North Korea. But again, the president of North Korea, Kim Jong-un, was able to launch his ninth ballistic missile test successfully without interference and this drill was uh, as the headline on judge says the US shoots down missile it was a mock missile it was a it was a missile that was launched in order to test the capabilities of the missile defense system but what's interesting about this is that the pentagon states that the missile defense intercept the rocket from an underground silo at Vanderburg Air Force Base in California the interceptor hit and de- destroyed an intercontinental range missile uh, fired in the Pacific from the Pacific. And they called the successful test a critical milestone, stating that this system is vitally important to the defense of our homeland. And this test demonstrates that we have a credible deterrent against a very real threat. I'm incredibly proud, proud of warfighters who executed this test, who operate this system every day. So what's next if North Korea tries to launch another missile? They're not too clear. They say that the U.S. military tests come on the heels of the latest North Korean launch 
of a military projectile that landed in Japan's maritime economic zone offshore. North Korea continues its rhetoric, talking about how it will uh, obliterate the West, it will continue to launch missiles, and they are continuing to threaten all those around them. And Korea said it's working on an ICBM, which could potentially hit the West Coast. Now, we've heard this a million times. Um, It kind of reminds me of... uh, at least once a month, we see stories of Russian fighter jets buzzing, you know, uh, warships off the Alaskan coast, or the uh, Russian or Chinese ships are, you know, have almost breached the international airspace or left the international airspace to breach um, NATO or North American airspace. It happens a lot. It seems to be some kind of, uh, you know, military game where we never see anything coming of it, but we see it constantly reported in the news. This is the same with North Korea. We have a lot of bark and no bite, and don't get me wrong, we don't want to see a a conflict, a war. We don't want to see North Korea launch a missile against an, a defenseless, innocent city or a nation such as Japan. We do know that they are uh, very aggressive. They've been this way for decades, and they continue to test missiles in the face of the UN and in the face of the United States. Yet at the same time, I do believe that Russia and more especially China has a, a very uh, tough level of control over North Korea. So we will continue to monitor what North Korea is doing. The only uh, what we need to, to wonder the reaction of is our president, Donald Trump. We know he does not like to have his authority tested. At the same time, we know, uh, we hope that he is not ready to launch an all-out war over North Korean provocation. But we will see. There's a lot of people who are weighing in on this. You have both sides on the aisle. Some say, especially the Republican war hawks, you know, they want war, war, war. And even some Democrats want war. And um, the more reserved, hopefully, uh, understand that this is something we need to avoid at all costs. We have been a nation involved in war for decades. It has bankrupt us. It has destroyed our our military, the soldiers who have fought in these wars with no goals, uh, who are you know coming back and treated terribly, uh, many of whom lost limbs and, and much more. And we have become the world's police, and that needs to stop. It's one thing if they are, uh, North Korea or other nations are uh, conflicting damage on and and, and killing innocent people and and launching wars of aggression without provocation, but it's another thing to involve ourselves in a war over uh, words, over verbiage. So that's just something to keep our eye on. We've been seeing it in the news a lot lately. Some people think it's inevitable. Others think that we can see a diplomatic solution to this. All right, we're going to go through some more news as we're uh, about 10 minutes away from the break. And let me pull up uh, some of the things I saved. And, folks, I'm working with a a laptop I've had for, what, maybe three weeks now. And it's a change from a a PC to the, the other version. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it. But it is a, a beautiful device. With the old PC, though, I was able to create a file each day. And at the beginning of the day, I'd create the file. 
and then I'd pour uh, stories into that folder throughout the day that I wanted to get into. Long story short, I'm still learning and finding it to be much more difficult to not bookmark the stories, but to just access them with the ease I was able to uh, with the PC. But anyway, let's move on to Chicago. I want to make sure we talked about this holiday weekend, Memorial Day weekend. Many people were out, you know, picnicking, spending time with families, going to a ball game. Um, if you live in areas that are around, like they are around here, you have festivals, whether they're, you know, Italian heritage festivals or the Rib Fest, fireworks. Uh, and it was pretty quiet in our city. Usually in the beginning of summer in the warm weather, you know, you see not so much here, but in the bigger cities, uh, an increase in violence and an increase in hostility. Well, that is uh, what Chicago is on, on just a Monday morning, let alone a holiday weekend. This holiday weekend, 49 people were shot in Chicago. Now, we've seen every year, you know, these numbers increase during the holidays. It's almost become a, a punchline. Uh, when you look at Drudge on Tuesday morning, you expect to see this astronomical count of people shot in Chicago. So 49 people in Chicago were shot over Memorial Day weekend, historically one of the most violent times of the year. And this article goes on to say, as oddly, the latest sign the city may be turning a corner in fighting against gun violence. Five people were killed, 44 were wounded in shootings between Friday evening and Monday night. An improvement over last year of a total of seven killed, 61 injured. So last year, seven killed, 61 injured. This year, five killed, 44 injured. So there is a decrease. What was the response uh, from the politicians? They say that's a sign of progress. That's right. 49 people shot in Chicago is a sign of progress. And the uh, some of the politicians in Chicago, in Chicago, well, let's go over the numbers. The Chicago has recorded 235 murders this year alone. That is over, uh, that's from 244 from the same time last year. Shooting incidents have dropped significantly to 1,047 compared to 2,200 at the same time last year. Long story short, these are horrible numbers for any city, even Chicago, regardless if it is decreased. But many people are saying, as as the article stated, that this is a turning corner. This is a step in the right direction. This is progress. And they're 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 crediting not only uh, the increase of the police presence, presence, but uh, another interesting piece of technology called Shot Spotter. Now, I definitely want to get into this in the next. Uh, in the third hour, shot spotter, because I've seen even in our city uh, put a few of these up, and I know in Buffalo that they've done this the same. They've done the same. What this does is triangulate the sound of a gunshot. So, if you're somewhere in the city, and you know, say you're on 110th and and uh, Burbank Street, and you fire a gun, and there's no witnesses, they now have this technology, almost like cell phone towers, that are on top of buildings, on top of telephone poles that are able to triangulate where the gunshot came from and to pinpoint the exact location up to a, a you know plus minus error of a few feet 
to understand where to dispatch the police. The article here goes on to talk about this this shot spotter technology, and it describes the sensors and how big police departments are using this to detect fire, and it is done through a number of remote-controlled police cameras and and equipment in uh, high-targeted pilot areas, and they say the data from these sensors and remote videos are immediately accessible to police officers uh, via the via smartphones as they are patrolling the streets. Now, the, the comment goes on to say that the department found spot shotter sensors on average detect shootings five minutes ahead of when dispatches first receive the call. So it's a it's interesting, but there's a lot more here that that they're not uh, that this article does not point out as well. It shouldn't. It's not the point of the article. Uh, moving along here. I want to uh, bring your attention to some of these stories on HagmanReport.com, and there's some interesting stuff over the weekend. We had uh, we have Obama, and I don't know how many people have been paying attention to what Obama's been doing in the last few weeks, as well as Hillary Clinton. She has been in the news for more than just the Wesleyan College uh, commen- uh, commencement graduation speech that she gave. But Obama has been working not only behind the scenes, but as uh, many have have shown in in uh, their journalism and following what he following what he is doing, he has been actively working to undermine President Trump during the president's first foreign policy trip, where he went to Saudi Arabia, where he went to Israel, where he went to the Vatican. While that was going on, while he was in in Brussels in Europe. Uh, well, Trump was, the former president, Obama, found himself meeting with Angela Merkel, almost acting as though he were still president. He was giving a speech about the need for us to curb our carbon emissions and because global warming is such a huge issue. Some stories and some articles and news sites pointed out his hypocrisy about how on his way to give a talk about climate change and man-made global warming and our need uh, to reduce our carbon footprint, he flew on a private jet, uh, I don't know how many thousands of miles, with a 14-car motorcade driving him around uh, wherever, wherever it was he was staying, and I forget the numbers, but it's just so ridiculous. It's the same as Leonardo DiCaprio flying 6,000 miles across the country uh, and and uh, having all these rich people there to fundraise for, for climate change and uh, to promote, you know, the environmentalism. At the same time, you know, uh, f- flying these people out there, doing this on a huge yacht, using more... Carbon emissions than than most households in 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 underdeveloped countries use, or probably many households in the U.S. in in, in a matter of weeks. But the hypocrisy of these people are absolutely crazy. Uh, we only have a few minutes left before the break and before we bring Alicia on back to the Manchester attack. This is a, an interesting piece of information because it is uh, part of a pattern when we see a terror attacks. And a lot of the terror attacks that happened under Obama uh, and after 9-11, there was one 
theme that was constantly reoccurring. The FBI would get a patsy. The FBI would uh, fill the patsy's head with these ideas. You should do this. You should do that. Give them the weapons. Give them the guns. And then turn around and arrest them after the FBI gave these patsies the, the weaponry and say, hey, we foiled a terror attack. Well, this is interesting. Not only did the American authorities and also the UK authorities have intelligence and were very well aware of the man who, who blew up that bomb at the Manchester Arena, the FBI sent actionable intel to the UK warning them to stop this man. And, uh, I mean, nothing new, right? It's par for the course, but it's still surprising when we see it. According to a, a security source in the FBI who told the MI5 that Abedi was part of the North African Islamic State cell plotting to strike a political target in the UK. MI5 even claimed to investigate him, but did not act, paving the way for the Manchester bombing. The massive Western police state in the UK that is seemingly expanding at an exponential rate is there to protect us, or so we're told. However, all the spying, phone call intercepts, spied on emails, facial facial recognition scanners, CCTVs on almost every corner, and a loss of freedom has not and did not stop Salman Abedi from murdering innocent people by detonating a bomb inside the arena. What's more, as we're now finding out, British intelligence was warned ahead of time that Abedi was plotting a terror attack in the UK, and he did a- they did absolutely nothing to stop it. Not only did they know from intel that were given to the, to the UK from our own intelligence agencies, but the behavior that this man exhibited by, in the weeks leading up to it, growing a beard out very long, traveling to Libya, his friends described him as becoming very radical, going out in the streets at the top of his lungs and screaming Muslim prayers and chants, making odd face, making odd social media posts, hinting to the fact that something was going to be done. He was on a terror watch list in 2016 in the United States, and the United States continued to investigate this man and share that those investigation uh, that investigation information with a number of intelligence agencies. And we have more on this later. I don't have my ears in, Eric. How close are we? All right, folks, when we come back, we're going to be talking with Alicia Powell of WorldNet Daily. We're going to get into uh, the latest on her investigations. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. In a thrilling series of novels, T.C. Joseph takes us into the lives of three families who struggle to maintain normal lives in a world where conspiracy theory and Bible prophecy collide. 
T.C. Joseph's viewpoint of alternative history and understanding of prophetic events will change your view of the world and the events on our horizon. Kirkus Review states, Readers of End Times Fiction will be hard-pressed to find it done more intriguingly than this. Extremely readable and fast-paced. Blue Wink Reviews boldly states, Fans of Tim LaHaye's Left Behind series and Tom Parada's The Leftovers will find this thought-provoking series absolutely riveting. Order your copies of T.C. Joseph's This Generation series from Amazon.com. Book 1, Precipice. Book 2, Pentecost. And Book 3, Penance. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report, uh, this day after Memorial Day. Hope everybody had a great weekend, relaxing weekend, got to spend time with their families and eat good food. And we're going to jump right back into it. Uh, a returning guest, she came on last Thursday with Liz Crokin, and she's coming on back today, uh, World Net Daily author, and we're going to get into some stuff. Alicia Powell, welcome back to the show. Hi, thanks for having me back. Well, it's great to have you. You were on for about a half hour with Liz last time, and it's hard in that short amount of time with two people on to to really get into it. So, so let's try to do that today. Anything, uh, anything new from last time you were on? Well, we're digging. Um, a source told me last week on Friday that there's supposed to be bombshell information that's going to be revealed this week. So, we're, I'm just we're all eager to await and find out what that is. Um, but WND's basically been hitting the ground trying to find out more information. So what what I did today was uh, visit the hospital that the hospitals that Seth Rich 
um, most likely died at. Now, reports say he was a lot. The police report, the MPD, the Metropolitan Police Department's report says that Seth Rich was alive when he died after getting shot in the back numerous times. So we wanted to find out, you know, what did he say, who operated on him, and that's really also addressing a lot of the concerns people on the web have raised, which is many suspect the, the chief uh, surgeon at MedStar Hospital uh, has ties to Podesta's, Hillary Clinton's, you know, campaign chief. So we didn't, unfortunately, because of HIPAA law, didn't get very far yet with information about that. And we might never be able to find out whether or not he was, in fact, killed in the hospital because of HIPAA law. Um, you can't do FOIA requests in hospitals, Judicial Watch told us. So um, that's where we're at today. But it's amazing the amount of information we've uncovered in the past 10 days regarding this story that had not been surfaced in all the months the supposed investigation is going on. Yeah, you know, and there's um, <laughs> there's been so much going on with, you know, one thing that really gets me, Maybe we can, you're, you're inside the media and uh, we could spend a little time talking about this. There's been few stories in the past, uh, that I've seen the media rabidly attack by calling it discredited, calling it the debunked, saying it's a conspiracy theory. And we saw this, uh, big time with 9-11, with the truther movement. With people asking questions, you know, what happened with Building 7? These things didn't happen the way that the government explained. So we have questions. Well, they started demonizing those people with questions. And then, you know, you've had smaller events here and there. But the next one, the after the WikiLeak release of, of Podesta emails and the, the Pizza Pedogate stuff came out, we were uh, met with a barrage uh, and unified assault from the mainstream media you know, completely tearing down any reference to it, trying to tie it to a pizza store and the word pizza. Even, uh, you know, somebody with a gun went in there and, and pulled a shot. So every time that was referred to in the news, it was always debunked, discredited, conspiracy theory. But this is something different. Here we have Seth Rich, a DNC staffer who was alleged to be the uh, source of the Podesta emails to WikiLeaks or of uh, leaks of the DNC to WikiLeaks. You have a man who was shot twice in the back, a few days after apparently he was supposed to testify. The police call it a robbery. Nothing's taken. Now we have more information from the police report that he was alive when those police officers responded. We don't know. uh, The details get real fuzzy after that. But we in the media started to ask questions about his ties to the DNC because Seth uh, uh, Seth Rich uh, was alluded to by Julian Assange after he died to be the WikiLeaks source. He wouldn't come out and say it as he says he does not divulge sources. You have the prime investigator saying, yes, this there is connections here. And then you have people like Sean Hannity and after a bunch of people in alternative media continue to push the story, investigate the story, fi- uh, publish the findings. And now, after they went after Hannity's advertisers, Every single story about Seth Rich mentions the, the the WikiLeaks, but they use the same terms. It's debunked. It's, it's discredited. And my argument yeah. is that 
is not the robbery theory just as much, if not more, discredited than the uh, hit for being the leak to WikiLeaks? Yeah, we're supposed to not believe the private investigator who the family hired. Let's, let's, he's evil, the family spokesman says. The family spokesman, Brad Bauman, who was hired by, who is a Democratic political crisis consultant, who was allegedly, according to the person who hired the private, who paid for the private detective, and according to the private investigator, he was assigned to the family by the DNC to speak for them. And so after this story surfaces again in the media about 15 days ago, two weeks ago, the spokesman comes out and starts blasting the detective and starts calling anyone who thinks Seth Rich leaked the emails evil and trying to destroy his legacy for political purposes. Now, we're supposed to believe a... We're supposed to take the Democrat National Committee's word for... You know, we're supposed to believe what they tell us. It's a robbery, right? The mayor of D.C. still claims is standing by the fact that this was a robbery. Mm-hmm. But um, these are the same people. Those emails that w- the reason why everyone started talking about Pizzagate and Pedagate and all that stuff that blew up on the web is because of what was revealed in those emails, which is spirit cooking, a Satanist practice uh, involving Marina Abramovic throwing pig's blood on a wall. What is that? I don't know. Look it up on YouTube. It's 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 not something that's a conspiracy. There's Hollywood celebrities and John Podesta saying that in his emails that were revealed by WikiLeaks. So let's put Pizzagate aside. Now everything. What other what other uh, news story is fake news and conspiracy? How do you how do you call it fake news and conspiracy when there's facts? And there's hearsay by private investigators, a former homicide detective, a veteran homicide detective. Why should we dismiss what they're telling us? If he tells us that Donna Brazil contacted the police department to find out why he was snooping and contacted the family to find out why they hired him, what, what, why should we not at least investigate that? You know, you're exactly right. And Alicia... The family. Uh, let's get into the family a little bit. I've seen a number of conflicting reports. You have um, members of the mainstream media saying, you know, the family wishes that their son's murder would uh, stop being politicized. We have a spokesman that was assigned to the family, which I believe was from the DNC. I have not seen the uh, verification on that. But basically, he there was a spokesman assigned to the family. A third party hired the private investigator uh, uh, Wheeler to look into this and he's had some significant findings do you believe that uh, first of all about Sean Hannity and the family, do you believe Sean Hannity decided to step back from the investigation specifically to the family's request perhaps I think there's more evidence to support the fact that he's probably pressured by his higher ups to step back and you know, and and, and from, maybe from he's not going to cap from him from 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 Fox News. Perhaps you think that's maybe. from the family's wishes, or you think that's from no, a definitely the fam- the family definitely wants there to be less spotlight on this story. Um, now, an unnamed source. <laughs> I hate to to you know source people who want to remain anonymous, but that's the only alternative I have now. 
tells me that there was a two-week negotiation period before the family decided to allow uh, to hire Detective Rod Wheeler. And part of that negotiation was that Wheeler not look into WikiLeaks. Wheeler not investigate Seth Rich's possible ties to leaking DNC emails. Now, what in the world would be the possible reason to rule that out? In fact, Detective Wheeler told me when I first spoke to him that there, the, the family did not want him to investigate the WikiLeaks connection. So red flag, red flag, we should just forget about it and keep talking about how President Trump has colluded with Russia to steal the election and leak the emails, when in fact the emails were possibly leaked by Seth Rich and maybe his family members too. Possibly. And then the, possibly. E- the emails aside, wasn't he scheduled to testify about uh, the, I believe it was about the, the, uh, Democratic primary campaign where where uh, burn, about Bernie and, and uh, voter fraud or something of that magnitude. And I apologize for not being. Uh, yeah, no, I saw the same the same um, reports, and yeah, he was, and he was also an emphat- he was emphatically supported. He was a Bernie Sanders supporter. Mm-hmm. So you know, we know how outraged Bernie Sanders supporters were when they found out the DNC was rigging the election against him. And let's face it, he pretty much did want, win the nomin- Democratic nomination if you, you know, rule out superdelegates. So their election is blatantly rigged. They're actually facing a lawsuit right now for rigging the election, something that's also not being, that's being ignored by the mainstream media. Um, you can look at that report in WND from like two weeks ago. So the problem is, now we allow the mainstream media keep to keep the liberals who are basically um, spokespeople for the Democratic National Committee on CNN and MSNBC. We allow them to keep changing the narrative, to keep controlling the narrative. So if this were reversed and it were a Republican staffer, a staffer from the RNC who was murdered by uh you know, who was allegedly murdered by the RNC or, or whatever right. the conspiracy might. Do you think that we wouldn't be talking about it every <laughs> single day on CNN until yes, eight months later? We'd have every person who, you know, doesn't care about politics out there protesting with signs for Seth Rich and calling President Trump a murderer. And it, we could just imagine the rights. That would be ongoing. But we allow them to own this propaganda machine that they have so masterfully been in control of for all throughout American history. And finally, we have an alternative media where it's sad that Fox News is kind of disintegrating before our eyes, but there's other things that are being, get, you know, rising. So. Yeah, yeah, there are. And, um, I got some, I got some more questions, but I don't, I want to want to take away from your time. Anything that you need to, to report on that you want to get into or make sure we, we hit on before, uh, before the segment's over? I mean, right now there's a $245,000 reward mm-hmm. if we lump up the, mm-hmm. the, the reward that's being offered by the police department. And, a, and the DNC's offering how much? Zero. Hillary Clinton's Nothing. how much? Nothing. Uh, Nothing. No. Okay. Nothing. Another. Why, how suspicious is that? I mean, but we're supposed to just, we're conspiracy theorists. We're right-wing <laughs> extremists. 
So we should just be, if no one's talking about it, if you talk to your liberal friends, I bet you my liberal friends don't know who Seth Rich is or they think it's just crazy talk on the internet. But Jared yeah. Cooking was in fact exchanged in those emails, something that we're supposed to forget about. Ooh, and then, um, you know, and Seth Rich, his murder remains a mystery. And we're supposed to forget about that too. Yeah. Now, uh, Alicia, you've done a lot of legwork on this investigation. In the area that Seth Rich was, uh, from the bar that he was present in that evening to walking home, uh, from what I've seen, there are tons of CCTVs there, not including the cameras from ATMs, uh, you know, maybe stores. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you've seen the map and looked at where these cameras are. We know that the laptop was, is missing. Seth Rich's laptop's missing. We, well, the family spokesman says that the family has the laptop and the Washington, D.C. Police Department have the laptop, which is, you know, and he's insistent on that. Um, he yelled at me, that's a one wife, I'm going to refuse, the family has a laptop. And, <laughs> well, if the family has a laptop, what's the family going to, if, if there's nothing to hide, why don't they just um, release the laptop to the private investigator that they hired? I wonder, I'm sure he's asked for it, and I, I wonder, um, you know, if, uh, it must be a, I mean, as a private investigator myself, We've worked a number of, of sensitive cases with family members. Uh, a lot of the rest of it was just, you know, workers' compensation investigation and fraud investigation. But when you're dealing with family members, it's a whole different animal. But, um, you know, for a family to not be cooperative or to offer or to ask for all the resources possible, for them to, to it just, there's something about this. Not that they're not a grieving family and they do have the right to their privacy, but if it was... If it was my, uh, I don't have any kids. If it was my, uh, my sister, my brother, my, anybody in my family, even my friends, and I was the spokesman for the investigation, I would take any help I could get. I would, uh, I'd be asking, you know, from the right wing, from the left wing, just, you know, it wouldn't matter. I, and this is one thing that really bothers me. When you have a murder that's unsolved, of a very, of a kid with a very bright future who was important in, uh, the position he was in, possibly the DNC leaker, but even that aside, you have a murder investigation that was blamed on a robbery. There's no indication that it was a robbery as he was shot twice in the back and nothing was missing. You have, uh, it seems to be, you know, they're at a dead end in the investigative avenues that they've been pursuing, which is strange to me because I know that there's cameras all over D.C. I know that there's cameras on the corners and surrounding where he was actually killed. Oh, I've, I've been to the block that he was killed. I went to the bar that he was before he was killed. I've been all over his neighborhood. I knocked on his door where he used to live. A roommate opened the door. Well, I, I guess she was a roommate. I can't identify who she was, but she said, what do you want to know? And she was scared and she just said, we're not talking to the media, and she slammed the door. Well, do you want to find the murderer of, right. your, of your friend? They're more politici- want- they're more worried about the politicization, the politicization of uh, of the murder and, and of what his involvement may or may not have been than getting the truth and finding the the murder. I don't believe that. I, I, don't, I don't believe I that mean, the family. I mean, it's really does Democrat you know loyalty run that deep? Or a payoff, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Or- um, you know, the thing is, the the I've never spent two weeks investigating a murder, right? I'm I'm a political reporter for the mm-hmm. most part, 
But the more time I spend in this story, you know, the more heartbreaking it is. This is a young man who is 27 years old with his whole life ahead of him, who is a patriot. You see him dressed in the American flag, <laughs> yeah. whether he's a Democrat or Republican. And that could be my brother, your friend. I can imagine hanging out with the kid in a bar, and he's just dead and no one cares. And the family, if I, I'm looking about it more, if I, if I knew this person, well, family members, what's your problem? I know, understand it's a sensitive time. We, we might have all had lost family members at one point or another that we love. But the fact that they're withholding so much information and that they're blasted, they mm-hmm. slandered the po- private investigator that they hired, it was just weird. And there was a two-week negotiation that included the fact that they should not investigate WikiLeaks. I mean, that alone is just bizarre. Yeah, and and unfortunately, I believe even if, say we we found you know the direct link to Seth the Rich being the WikiLeaks leaker, and say we even found evidence suggesting he was in fear for his life that evening because of that, I still don't think uh, I still don't think the family would, or at least from what's reported, the family wouldn't accept. I I just don't believe they would accept it as evidence. It seems that it, facts are no longer, and this doesn't just go for this investigation. This goes for our whole political landscape. Facts are irrelevant. How to change, how, how to manipulate through lies the perception, that's what's important. And, and that's what we see happening here. And it's a very, it's a very dangerous, uh, thing they're setting up because this is, you know, doing some research into pre-World War II, the Nazi ideology, the left has very similar tactics they're using right now that align themselves with that Nazi ideology. And it is just sickening to me how corrupt our government has become and it's even worse when the people who are in a position to be able to do something to change it for the better, regardless of their own life, their own safety, their own job security, refuse to do it. And that sadly, you know, we keep moving down in that direction. Uh, but back to Seth Rich. That's the next step, right? The next step is we, we have, you know, elected leadership. You know, we have Republicans who won the House and the Senate. And we have the White House. Yeah, liberals are still running the show, right? So if Americans want to know about really want to get to the bottom of what happened to Seth Rich, well, let's demand a special investigation. Let's demand that the Seth Rich murder investigation be included in this probe to how Russia just, you know, rigged our our election and and Trump colluded with Russia. That's all we hear about every day. Trump colluded with Russia, blah, 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 conspiracy. I mean, anonymous source leaked from the White House. Trump colluded with Russia. Trump talked to Russia. Okay, well, why don't we demand the House and the Senate and the Republicans, especially that we've elected and we put our faith in in this last election to talk about Seth Rich, to touch it, to stop being cowards and to investigate it. Yeah. At least talk about it. At least talk about it. And so we're going to go to Capitol Hill and we're going to get the, see what they have to say about it in the next few days. Yeah, and you know, uh, I think our, our, our government, our elected government are corrupt to the core. There might be one or two members of House and, and the Senate that are, that are, you know, well-meaning good people. But the majority of them have been blackmailed through, you know, improprieties or economic, uh, uh, you know, crimes. And I believe that, you know, they're, they're all in it together. As Trump says, it is a swamp. And uh, a thing Coach Dave, a guest of ours says is, uh, about the truth when uh how's that go eric uh 
truth, yeah, the, the truth becomes hate speech when, uh, to those who hate the truth. And, you know, that is such a, a, a true statement. So moving forward with Seth, Seth Rich, uh, we, we're still waiting to see what, what happens with Kim.com, what evidence he, he says he has evidence linking Seth Rich to, uh, the WikiLeaks, uh, being the WikiLeaks leaker or one of them. Um, what do you expect to see moving forward from here? At least from the alternative media internet sleuths, that and then that versus what the official mainstream response will be. Well, there's a detective Wheeler tells me that the some members of the police department, some detectives are actually talking to him soon. That's what he told me about a week ago, and um, so that's good. Maybe something will unfold that way, and from law enforcement, even though it seems like. Well, allegedly they have been told to stand down by the D.C. mayor for political purposes. Um, but there's going, there, first of all, Republican lobbyist Jack Berkman has a team of investigators on this case in addition to offering reward money. I think he upped his reward offering um, to, I don't remember, I think 125000 or oh, he increased it just, his, his... It was just a hundred uh, the other day, so... Yeah, it went up. He increased it. And he's got a team of private investigators on this case. So they've unfolded stuff. They see, they have surveillance footage. They have more. There's people, um, working on it on the ground who are actually detectives. Um, so there's going to be more that happens, but we've got to not let it get knocked off the front page or um, it's never been on the front page. We've got to let it not, we've got to let it stay. On our con- in our consciousness, right? I mean, absolutely. There's so many things going on in the world. You know, there could be a terrorist attack tomorrow. God forbid. Or there was a terrorist attack last week. Doesn't mean that Seth Rich shouldn't be on the, on the news anymore in the next segment or in the next story that we write up. It's got. We've got to be diligent. Look at how the left is diligent. Look at how many decades they've spent in convincing us they're not the party of the Ku Klux Klan and Jim Crow laws. <laughs> Yeah. Decades. They're still doing it, and they're successful at it. They are. They're so much more successful at it than we are, right? Because we're racist conservatives, and I'm a betray. I've betrayed my race, and they've con- successfully convinced people that I know and love that I've done that because I support Donald Trump. So yeah, I mean it's it's absolutely crazy. We know if we get the smoking guns that to force that story into the mainstream media, it's going to take you know everything we got plus the kitchen sink from everyone because they would never I mean they'd rather kill every single journalist on the independent journalist in this country than run with that story I don't know if you saw as the big new Brzezinski passed away this this weekend uh, he was a, a genius political mind that was used for evil somebody who talked about it see how it's easier to kill a million people than control a million people he wrote a story conspiracy theories and many books but he passed away uh, this weekend and a lot of his writings Talk just about this, how to, even if you're caught red-handed, how to shift the public perception through manipulation, lies, and deceit. And that's one of the big reasons I believe they're trying to bring Trump down. Because of all the things that came out during this last election cycle from WikiLeaks, all their crimes, the continued crimes, they needed deflection. And they... Well, they're gonna, they're gonna try to bring any Republican down. That's what they do. Now, Trump has proven to be a man for the times where he will tell, call the media out on being fake news and tell Jorge Ramos to sit down. And we've never <laughs> seen that before. And he speaks off the cuff with swag. And people don't like that because it's arrogant. But the problem is, is that 
this is not just the mainstream media. This is not just CNN and MSNBC. This is a cultural, like, this is the Democrats own our culture, right? Yep. MTV, hip hop, yep. music, academia. Like, how much more can you have, like, brain and being indoctrinating and get body snatched than in the classroom? At the youngest of it, you know, as a, as a yep. little one. All the gatekeepers so, of our society, Hollywood, academia, just like you said. Um, there's really not a medium or aspect of our culture that is not invested in people being liberals or communists by default. Socialists, Marxists, uh, however you pro-Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I, don't, I can't stand Hillary Clinton, all my liberal friends tell me. But they still voted for her mm-hmm. at the they, end of the day. They don't they, see they, it. They might have liked Trump for a, a couple of weeks. Alicia. Give oh. the media six months to work on them, and he's a racist, you know, anti-woman mm-hmm. Nazi. Absolutely <laughs> yeah. right. Alicia, we are out of time. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope we get to have you back soon, and good luck, and, and continue doing the good work that you're doing with your investigations. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Thank you. We will be right back, folks, with Alan Wilson right after this. Don't go anywhere. Alex Wilson. Greenovative. Go to HagmanReport.com. Click on the link to Greenovative. What Greenovative is, it's a small company in Florida. They created something called the GMAG Power Cell. It produces electricity by adding salt water to this unit that recharges rechargeable batteries. It's the coolest thing you'll ever see in your life. It's really neat. Really a, a super device. All right, You need just two teaspoons of ordinary table salt, a little water, but a bang, you're charging your rechargeable batteries. Super GMAG chargeable is affordable. It's lightweight, weighs about 8 ounces. It's durable. It's EMP proof. And it's environmentally friendly. Yeah, that it is. It'll provide safe and convenient power for recharging uh, six AA batteries off the grid when other power sources aren't available anywhere, anytime, in any weather, day or night. Go to greenovative.com. That's greenovative.com. Folks, in these uncertain times, it just makes sense to have a sustainable backup method for accomplishing one of life's most important tasks, and that's preparing food. This is the way to go. There is nothing better than a Minuteman rocket stove from MinutemanStove.com. We all need a way to cook and a method to process water. I mean, think about it. Think about the many things that could happen to you. Minuteman rocket stove can provide your family or group the perfect solution. It's small, lightweight, wood-burning, and every bit as powerful as a kitchen stove. It's smoke fully self-contained for clean storage and transport because it's so efficient it cuts down on your wood gathering and processing chores to a tenth what would be required if cooking the old-fashioned way over an open fire so don't rely on gas or fuel stoves prepare your family prepare for yourself order a Minuteman rocket stove today it's going to make bad times much better folks MinutemanStove.com MinutemanStove.com need I say more you should have a Minuteman, the survival stove in an ammo can.
For investors, timberland has become the symbol of safety. Global tropical timber demand continues to surge as the world's population increases. The need for managed, sustainable timber production forests has never been greater. When stock markets crash, trees keep growing. Direct ownership of fully managed tropical timberland acreage is now available to accredited investors. Prime, valuable hardwood groves close to the beautiful Costa Rican border generate and maintain superior long-term wealth. Consider visiting our forest plantations. Qualified accredited investors should go to PreciousTimberProfits.com or dial 855-888-6288 for more information. Call 855-888-6288 or visit PreciousTimberProfits.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288, PreciousTimberProfits.com. PreciousTimberProfits.com. This edition of the Hagman Report. Uh, oh, thank you, Eric. We are going to be joined by Alex Wilson of Precious Timber. We just got done with uh, Alicia Powell, writer from World Net Daily, giving us some some updates on Seth Rich, and she's going to continue to look into that investigation. And again, welcome back from Memorial Day weekend. Hope everybody got a chance to relax. Enjoy the outside barbecue with family and friends. I know I did, and I saved the best for last. On on, uh, I barbecued hamburgers and hot dogs and uh, chicken and sausages and all kinds of stuff. But on Monday, I saved the best for last, which was some Omaha steaks. Folks, Father's Day is coming fast. Have you thought about what you're going to give your dad or your husband this year? Do what I do. Give them some Omaha steaks. They have the perfect Father's Day gift for you. Let me tell you about Omaha Steaks and how this Father's Day, for only forty nine ninety nine, you can get limited time Father's Day package when you go to omahasteaks.com and enter HH in the search bar. Again, that's omahasteaks.com. Enter in H and H, just HH, the two H's, in the search bar to apply the savings. Right now, Omaha Steaks is giving you a, light, a limited time offer for listeners on Father's Day. This is a really a, an awesome deal. You'll get 80% off Omaha Steaks Father's Day package, which includes, listen to this, two tender filet mignons, two bold beefly top sirloins, four crispy chicken fried steaks, four juicy boneless pork chops, four all-beef Omaha Steak burgers, four award-winning gourmet jumbo franks, 12-ounce all-beef meatballs, one pound of steakhouse fries, those are great, Uh, four made-from-scratch caramel apple tartlets, those are great also, one Omaha Steak seasoning packet, plus get four additional burgers free. Again, this is a limited-time package for only $49.99. When you go to omahasteaks.com, type in HH in the search bar and add Father's Day package to your cart. Don't wait. This offer ends soon. Go to omahasteaks.com, type HH in the search bar, and grab your dad uh, the best gift and fire up that grill. All right, folks, with us now is a returning guest, a man you know, Mr. Alex Wilson. 
as he is from Precious Timber. Alex, welcome back to the show. Hey, Doug and Joe, how are you guys? Uh, we're doing great. Alex, just to let you know, it is uh, just you and me this evening. My father had a, an emergency, uh, nothing serious, but I will ask the audience out there to just keep our family in your prayers. Uh, again, nothing serious, but he did have to take care of something, a medical thing, with somebody in our family. So we appreciate that. Well, I hope, mem- every- yeah, hope everything was fine. My Memorial Day was spectacular. How was yours? Couldn't ask for a better one. The weather was was beautiful. We only had uh, one, you know, heavy amount of thunderstorms roll through for a few hours, which is real beautiful. As I was just saying, I got to, to cook, got the barbecue each and every day, got to relax, got some research done, spent some time with my family. Couldn't ask for a better holiday. Good. I uh, I did the same. Uh, we went down to the beach uh, over there at Huntington Beach. Got to see uh, uh, a nice uh, Memorial Day uh, parade and uh, got to speak to a lot of veterans and uh, got to shake a lot of hands. It's certainly, uh, you know, very, very heartwarming and, uh, and it often, you know, jolts us a little bit, reminds us of how blessed we are uh, to have uh, that 1% of the population that stands up and, and puts their life on the line so that we can live the kind of lives that we do. No, you're absolutely right. And, you know, uh, as hard as things are, as difficult as they are in this world, uh, you know, the evil that we see so often through terrorism or random acts of violence, and all the heartache and, and the starvation. Uh, when we have times like these, we need to be very thankful and not take for granted, you know, the peace, the the quiet, the the things we have, the resources, the food, the family, because we don't know. In the blink of an eye, all that could be gone, and we never want to think like that, uh, God forbid. But it is a, a fact of life, and we need to enjoy these times that we we have. Yeah, uh, in fact, I was talking today to John Robertson, and we were talking about these things as well. And one of the things that he and I kind of zeroed in on, which uh, caused us to, um, you know, decide the uh, the main part of today's topic, our our hour together tonight, is how we do focus on um, the the important things. We can focus on making sure that there's you know good health. We make sure that there's uh, good food uh, and supplies available. But we wondered how many uh, people are actually putting the same focus and attention on their hard-earned finances, their nest eggs, if you will, and are they preparing uh, those assets in the same framework and the same light as they would what we would call the daily essentials because, you know, we spend a lifetime um, trying to save up. We spend a lifetime uh, trying to get that retirement nest egg in place. Some people are very, very fortunate. They've been um, able to build businesses or they've uh, have, have come into money through hard work. Maybe once in a blue moon uh, you, uh, you get a little bit of luck. Of course, luck comes the harder you work. But um, it's not the same for everybody. I mean, uh, we all know the numbers. I mean, but it's, it's, it's not a new topic. Uh, most American families, almost... Uh, Almost 50%, nearly half of American families still live paycheck to paycheck, according to researchers. In fact, without borrowing money, without putting something on a credit card or taking out a loan, 46% of American citizens 
they couldn't raise four hundred dollars to cover an emergency. So it's it's you know we have to be you know realistic. It's tough um, financially, and what we're going to talk about tonight, unfortunately, is not going to impact that fifty percent that's living paycheck to paycheck because this space, Joe, that we're going to discuss the agricultural space, the the alternative asset space, if you will, has been a space that has really been purview to the very, very wealthy, to the ultra-wealthy, and while it has opened up a lot recently to average investors, you still have to have a certain sizable net worth to participate. Yes, you do. And me, myself, I... I am uh, one of those Americans that is, you know, basically living paycheck to paycheck. And I'm not ashamed to say so. I mean, it's just a, a fact of life. Uh, certain situations and, you know, you have and, uh, family and, and responsibilities and, um, you know, you're not always making the money that you, you want to. And uh, we have to learn to make do with what we have. But yeah, it's a, when you look at the, the history of this country and, you know, the, the generation, the greatest generation and, uh, you know, I think of my grandparents and, and their grandparents and, you know, we always heard the stories of how they had to, to work so hard, but they seem to get more of a return on their, on their dollar, which, uh, you know, it's understandable seeing as how the Federal Reserve and the U.S. dollar has really, um, you know, been taken, taken away as a, we've lost the value. Uh, we had G. Edward Griffin on not too long ago and talked about how the, you know, basically 98% of the value of the dollar has decreased since the inception of the Federal Reserve. And, you know, there's not much room left there. And so things are going to continue to get worse. And they've been taxing us out of oblivion. And, and um, the way that they govern, you know, has destroyed our economy. It's a, it's just a whole wholesale theft. Yeah, um, obviously, I think your audience understands the reasons why um, 50% of Americans are in that financial pickle. And until uh, we have this reset, and there is going to be a reset, and no one really knows when it's going to happen. And I'm not talking about, you know, a cataclysmic where event where we can't eat and, and, and life uh, as we know it uh, isn't somewhat similar. Of course, things are going to be, you know, different. Things are going to be harder. But the financial debacle that has been um, in existence since they took us off the gold standard, since this funny money, since the feds have been printing, has caused two things to happen. Of course, those with money have been able to amass more. Those without money have had a tougher time, you know, just staying afloat. And um, what I wanted to make sure that we got over in tonight's hour was the fact that if you're in that position where you have some money, where you have saved, where you have invested, where you have been able to uh, protect uh, the, the, the funds that you have, you've, you've poured money into a 401k, you've deliberately and diligently placed money every year into an IRA, especially if it's a self-directed IRA, or you have been diligent in the way in which you invest. Most people, of course, are investing primarily 
it can be a great place, it can be a bad place. Um, but overall, if you stay in for a pretty darn long time, I mean, I don't know, I don't follow the stock market, but people smarter than me have said, if you stay in for five years, you're most likely going to lose money. If you stay in for 10, you're probably going to break even. But if you stay in for 20, uh, you'll probably make money too. I don't have the facts. I'm not a financial planner. I'm a farmer. Uh, but I know from uh, a farming point of view, if you sow something in the ground, and so long as you take care of it, you water it, if you obviously we've got you know, climate issues to be concerned about where the rain patterns maybe are not as consistent as they were, uh, you know, centuries, decades ago. I remember when I was a kid at school, I'm 59, and uh, uh, the whole uh, classroom on a uh, Friday afternoon would go into science, and they would tell us how by the time we're 50, uh, the planet was going to be frozen over. So they got that one wrong. And so here we are today um, with new science uh, on the opposite side of the temperature scale, and who knows whether that's right or wrong too. But my point is this. If you have money, if you have savings, if you're an investor, if you're of someone of financial means today, are you protecting everything else except the one thing that we're always going to need in good and bad times, and consequently, as the crash and the correction, because it's inevitable, the correction occurs, and we have to reset. Some people are going to come out of that exceptionally well financially. Others are going to have a tough time. And so, with the crazy valuations that we currently are sitting on in this ridiculously overpriced stock market in this ridiculously high priced real estate in the US and I could go down the list all of those bubble valuations that we find ourselves in again I don't know about you but I know people that I spend my time with tell me that they're just as concerned if not more concerned today than they were in 2007 partly because we're way more fragile as an economy today than we were in 2007. Obviously, we know the numbers, trillions upon trillions of dollars in debt. You know, every single uh, car that you see driving around, maybe 99% of the vehicles that we see drive the roads of the, of, of the U.S. today, uh, most of them, you know, the person driving it doesn't own it yet. They've driven off the lot, and maybe they haven't even paid that one uh, first 75th uh, payment, the 75 payment uh, plan that came in. So everybody's living on credit, and when it's when the when the, the the bubble does burst, it's a good thing for people with cash because they can then move in, purchase things at lower prices, and as we come out their net worth increases. So one of the things that I hope that we cover tonight is to share with those that are listening that do have some funds, some risk mitigation strategies that'll cause them to be able to take advantage financially of the next crisis. Yeah. And, and Alex, we can, we can do that and jump in whenever because, um, 
you know, I, I'm we're here to to get into whatever you think is important, whatever you want to get into, and to make sure we cover all that. So, so let's jump right in. We can start there. Well, let's start uh, with this term alternative assets because as I mentioned earlier those listeners that do invest and have the funds to speculate with and, and, and with the goal of course of, of creating a nest egg there are four primary uh, in fact critical things that someone should make sure that they have in their portfolio um, the way they structure their portfolio to ensure, uh, Joe, that their portfolio is able to stabilize itself um, in the bad times. And so what are those four things? Let me just go over those first. The four main jobs of a portfolio. Number one, it should be focus on risk reduction. I don't know what it is about the greater financial uh, establishment that says to investors, put 60% of your portfolio in the stock market. When you take a look at what the stock market has done over the last 30 years, it's absolutely anemic, the the returns. I mean, I've done the studies. I have the the numbers. I'm not going to go through all the numbers on the radio and on the show because it's tough to follow numbers that way. But if anybody wants them, please reach out to me. Give me a call. My toll-free number is 855-888-6288. Get on our website, preciousTimber.com. Send me a message at awilson at preciousTimber.com. But if you focus on risk reduction, building your portfolio so that you hold asset classes that cannot go to zero, in other words, you invest in things while they do go up and down, you never have a full loss. You'll never say, hey, that piece of paper that I bought from XYZ company is now evaporated. So number one is risk reduction. The second most important job of a portfolio is inflation protected income. In other words, as that dollar decreases in value, the current income that your investments are spinning off stay ahead of that inflation, the deflation of the dollar, and you've got that current income that spins off that you can use for obviously day-to-day and family expenses and life expenses. The third most important job of a portfolio is something that I am amazed that few people focus on, and that's long-term growth enhancement. Not short-term speculation, trying to figure out which is the next powerful potential 10-bagger IPO, which is what causes most people by the time they're 60 to have less than a couple hundred thousand dollars saved over a 45-year working life because they're constantly fixated on short-term speculation and having things that are highly liquid in case things go wrong, I can cash out quickly. That is absolutely a terrible formula for wealth preservation and capital appreciation. So long-term growth enhancement, if it's making a few percentage points for 30, 40 years on an annualized basis, that's far better than shooting for the sky and then losing it all. And then finally, the last one of those four jobs is making sure that you have the purchasing power protection that you need because of that shrinking value of the dollar. So that's the place we need to start 
is making sure that the portfolio is set up correctly. Now, listen, as I said, I'm not a financial planner, not a financial advisor, but I've learned these things from the clients that I've accumulated over a period of almost 20 years, whilst I've been working in the agricultural space and particularly in the exotic agricultural space, primarily in very uh, valuable tropical hardwoods, also coconuts, and now, uh, most recently, coffee. And so we'll go into those things. Um, let's talk about okay. let's talk about timber, um, sure. because timber is one of those things that we see when we're driving along the the, 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 the the highways and byways in the countryside, and that's an alternative space. In his fantastic book, The Alternative Answer, the uh, author Bob Rice, who, by the way, was uh, uh, the, uh, the alternative investments editor for Bloomberg Television, he says this, that timber is not only one of the safest places to invest, it's one of the most highly productive. In fact, he says uh, the world's elite investors have long relied on alternative assets and a rainbow of options, including timber, um, as one of them. And, and let me just add that more than 75, 80% of the timber that you see when you're driving around the countryside is privately owned. It's not government owned. It's privately held by families that understand the power of biological profits. Now, what is that? What in the world is biological profits? Warren Buffett has said many times, if you're an investor that buys something at one price and you're hoping to sell it to someone else for a higher price, that's a lousy way to invest. Yep. I kind of I relate that to gold. I mean, listen, gold and silver has become very popular. But the only way you're going to make money on gold or silver is if you sell it at a higher price than you pay for it. I'm not here to, to say that gold and silver is not a good store of wealth or a good purchasing power option, but it's really a lousy place to invest if you're looking for capital appreciation, uh, if you're looking for long-term growth enhancement. I mean, those things don't... I mean, an ounce of gold will always be an ounce of gold, where if, if you plant a sapling little seedling, Mother Nature's biology grows that thing to thousands of times greater than its original volume, and consequently the value of the lumber inside that log is worth multiple times more than the sapling or seedling you planted. That's called making money, you know, growing money on trees. People say money doesn't grow on trees. Well, it does if you're in the timber business. Yeah. Or with so the Federal it, Reserve. Yeah, exactly. And so, so what's what's amazing to me is how many investors have never considered timber as an investment. They don't hold it in their uh, portfolio at all. And the reason is, it's not one of those assets that's highly liquid. And so consequently, the way I believe, it's just an opinion. We all have opinions, and sometimes we think our opinions are fact. They're not. They're just opinions. But I believe the financial world has got investors investing in traditional assets that are cyclical, that do zig and zag, so that all of these fees can be earned by the professionals. Not everyone. There's fee-only uh, experts, and I'm very, um, you know, very bullish on those kind of experts. But with a tree... 
it's going to grow when the stock market's down. It's going to grow when the stock market's up. It's going to grow when real estate is down. It's going to grow when real estate is up. It's going to grow when there's wars going on over here or, or you know, the presidential elections going on over there. It's just going to grow, Joe. And that's yeah. the safety. That's the safety mechanism that I believe people need right now ahead of this next big correction that's coming. Well, you, you know, you look at it, it's just like food or, or many other resources. In in consumer trends, these resources continue to be used more and more and more and more each year where we need to increase, you know, our farming, our uh, oil imports and whatnot. And that only stands the reason for, for anything else. And this is something that just seems like, uh, you know, it's not on the top of pe- maybe people inside the market. But, you know, you don't hear when people are talking about investing in different things. Uh, it doesn't come up much, I guess is my point. Well, you're, you're 100% right. It doesn't. And people generally don't invest in things that they're not familiar with. And so consequently, if you're not familiar with the timber space, and there's two sides to the timber world. There's the softwood side, which is mainly the North American side, which is pulp and paper and two-by-fours and plywoods. But where I grow, right on the border with Costa Rica and Nicaragua, I mean, in the, you know, in the, the heat of the tropics and the volcanic soils and the hundreds and hundreds of inches of rain every year, we grow very rare, very valuable, very uh, exotic hardwoods. And the average person on the planet has no clue that they use the equivalent of one 100-foot log every year. So imagine how many billions of trees are harvested every year to support the appetite of all of the things that are made out of wood. I mean, you walk through a door, it's made out of wood. You walk on the floor, mainly more and more of the wooden floors today. You open a window, that could be wooden. You sit in a chair, you're on the desk, you go to bed and you sleep. I mean, so many things are made out of lumber. The population is 7 billion, reaching 8. It will be 10. It will be 20, 50, 65 years or so from now. And so the appetite for wood, not just for lumber, but also for fresh air, let's face it, that's, you know, these trees store carbon dioxide and breathe out oxygen and fresh air for us. So the need for timber, the need for lumber, is as high in my mind as the need to protect and and really make sure that the nest egg that you've saved so hard and fought so hard to procure during these next years where most likely we're going to have a real reset, not just not a 2008 crash, but a real reset, like the one we had in 29 in the U.S. and like the one we had in 63 in the U.K., when everything gets reset and you have a 10 or 20 year time frame before it really recovers. It's going to get tough. Uh, Alex, we're up against the break. We're going to continue this discussion uh, right where we left off on the other side. Folks, you're listening to Alex Wilson of Precious Timber. When we come back, we will uh, continue right where we left off. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report.
Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Folks, I'm going to direct your attention to masterpreps.com, masterpreps.com. Wow. Masterpreps.com, the sponsor of our show, masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. Take a visit there. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you could possibly want from cooking utensils, cooking frying pans. I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Eric. It's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family. Masterpreps.com. I mean, wow. It's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? Hi, I'm Grace Gonzalez from Caring Post in the Woods. We are an American family-owned company founded and built on skills and knowledge gained from responding to 18 major disasters in the U.S. and around the world. We found that most people don't have enough food and water to survive, let alone any medicinals to save their life. We're offering 25% off our must-have American Heritage Remedies Kit. It contains 12 homeopathic remedies, a booklet that goes over everything in your kit, and our brand new book, Major Disasters Lessons Learned. Just enter coupon code HAGMAN. In life or a disaster, you must be able to take care of yourself. You may not be a medical doctor, and your grandmother and your great-grandmother probably weren't either. But they still knew how to minister to their family's health issues. And so can you. Check out our American Heritage Journeys kit at www.changelessandwoods.com. Your life may depend on it. This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. That means you can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. This day after Memorial Day holiday, we are talking with Alex Wilson, and he is talking about investment opportunities, um, not only in uh, dealing with with timber, but other um, investment opportunities and ways to diversify. Um, Mr. Alex Wilson, before the break, we were talking about a number of the different commodities and things that people will buy, put their money in stocks, they'll do this and that. And one thing that you are very proud of is, and maybe this is or isn't the time to talk about, the return of investment. You want to get into that a little bit? I will. Um, in, in the U.S., there's a uh, an index that tracks timberland. It's called the Naycreef Timberland Index. 
started in the early 80s, right after the ERISA laws changed, and that helped, by the way, once that change in the law, that helped institutions, endowments, um, uh, really I'm talking about, you know, multi-billion dollar portfolios, um, Harvard, Princeton, Yale, um, those kinds of endowments. It helped them a lot because they were wanting to get into timber and the tax consequences uh, had to be uh, created and put together. So after the ERISA laws uh, is when uh, the Timberland Index started to record the returns. And um, first of all, what you've never had is a crash. So in other words, you've never seen timber prices slide 50%. Um, and according to the Nacreef Timberland Index, the returns have been double digits, around 13 14% a year for the past, what, that's 1982, so that's going on almost uh, 40 years now. Um, when you take a look at that and compare it to other indexes, you'll see that there really isn't very much that can compete. And as I mentioned, that's because most of the returns are biologically created. Mother Earth, from our great God above, uh, you know, Mother, Mother Nature, I think pretty much she's a better place to invest. This is a personal opinion than, than Wall Street. And uh, we've talked a lot about timber, uh, one of the other asset classes that we grow. And by the way, this isn't, an, you know, we're, we're talking tonight generically. We're not talking about an invitation to invest in a security or, or an opportunity to purchase a particular investment. That can only be done through a PPM. Uh, you have to be an accredited investor. All of the, you know, the rules and regulations under the Securities Exchange Commission have to come in place. Today's message is basically uh, a message of, of hope. Uh, a message of how to harvest wealth, because you can harvest wealth. I mean, uh, Timberland uh, is, is, in my opinion, just a good buy and forget it investment. You buy it, you forget it, and then you uh, you turn it in to cash when it's time to harvest. Now, not everyone has the time frame to wait, so there are other things. Uh, we're low-risk um, farmers, my, myself and my partner. We're in the Central American tropics. Obviously, you've got to pick your location. Some places have terrible um, weather conditions. Some places have too much chemicals that have been pumped into the soils for generations. Where we are, it's, it's very fertile. It's very organic. Um, it's a fee-simple uh, approach to real estate. Uh, it's affordable with very low-cost labor. And that's another thing that is big for us, being able to impact really greatly impact the lives of other people. So whilst you're doing good financially, you're doing good socially, uh, you're helping kids go to school, you're helping uh, you know, adults save, uh, they, they're getting paid a little bit more than they would if they were just doing day jobs so they can save for kids' vacations or they can save for a birthday present, things that maybe we take for granted here in the developed world. And then, of course, we're we're enhancing Mother Nature too. We're creating new forests. We're a reforestation, sustainable reforestation company. So we're giving back to Mother Earth. We're giving back back to God's planet. All while we're purposefully. I mean, we're not. Listen, this is not uh, this is not truly all altruistic. Uh, it's called impact investing, and that. What that simply means, Joe, is you're making an impact uh, financially, 
purposefully, you're making an impact socially, purposefully, and you're making an impact environmentally, purposely. So you can have all three if you design it that way. I mentioned coconuts. The reason coconuts were added to our inventory is because, you know, like you, like your audience, like every investor should have, they should have a perpetual passive income that's producing money, producing profits when you're not working, in fact, when you're sleeping. And so the coconut tree, which has been a tremendous commodity for islanders for, you know, forever since God created the planet, have used the coconut for a multitude of reasons. But about 15 or 20 years ago, coconuts became somewhat hip, somewhat faddish. And now, of course, today, it's a global commodity. If you go walking down the aisles of any supermarket uh, across uh, you know, Europe and America and, and other parts of the world, you can't go down an aisle without seeing a hundred different products that have uh, used the coconut as part of their ingredient. Of course, coconut water went from nothing 15 years ago to now today rivaling orange juice sales with the number one um, manufacturer of coconut water in the U.S now uh, a multi-billion dollar operation. In fact, I saw a story the other day that Madonna and uh, Matthew McConaughey, I think his name is, an actor, had invested early in that company, and it looks like if the company sells, uh, these two uh, individuals uh, uh, have a great chance of, of really making many millions of dollars. So what I like about the coconut tree is it's an annually producing tree. Imagine for a second that you're an investor and you like rental property. Well, of course, you've got all of the pluses and all of the minuses. The pluses are, hey, you know, maybe someone else is paying the mortgage for you uh, from the rent that they uh, that they uh, pay. Uh, maybe you can get lucky and the value of the property will continue to appreciate, which property generally does, but it also is, um, you know, cyclical. It's just good times to buy real estate and there's bad times to buy real estate, so you do have valuations that go up and down. You've got the other side, you've got the toilets, and you've got the troubles, and you've got the maintenance, and you've got the overheads. So it's not easy, but it is something a lot of investors like to have in their portfolio. Imagine having something like that, but and your tenant is a coconut, and they come off the tree every single year, and they start producing in year four, and they produce for 60 years. And so there you have a plot of land instead of a house or a condo that's producing income every single year, year in, year out, making coconuts, making money whilst you're sleeping. I love commodities like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just speaking for me, and I'm sure that this is the same way uh, for many of the people in our audience, uh, you know, it sounds great, and some people might have the, you know, money put aside or invested in other things ready to go, but but the pricing, um, you know, just for me, it, it, it's out of my, it's out of my league right now. Uh, is there anything people can do to get uh, maybe to do it differently if they say they don't have enough money to, to put in, you know, uh, whatever, 10, 20, 30 grand? Uh, what are some things people can do to build up to the to that point? Well, we in started. We, 
Yeah, well, in, in this business, it's 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 a tough business to get into because you know it's like, hey, I want to buy a car, and I how do I buy a car? Well, the car manufacturers came up with a simple plan: put everybody into debt uh, for year upon year upon year, so that they eventually pay off the vehicle, and by the time it's you know ready to be put to pasture. I think that's a lousy way uh, to own a car, personally. I think an even more idiotic way is to buy a brand new car. Um, I have a friend that says only only idiots buy new cars. I don't know whether he's right. Uh, he does tell me that, you know, the moment you drive off the lot, you lose uh, a certain percentage. Uh, but we're talking about investing. We're talking about hard-earned money. And if you don't have the money saved up yet, then let me, t- let me help you with one way to start making money. And I taught this to my kids and someone taught it to me. It's not, it's, it's very rudimentary. And my kids uh, uh, had three jars and on the jars we put the initial P and on another jar we put the initial T and on the other jar we put the initial C. And every time they earned some money, they earned that from chores or every time they got a birthday present and they got some money, 50% of their money went into the P jar. The P was permanent permanent money that you never spend. You save it and save it and save it. And you always save it until later on in life when you actually go to use it. Now, kids can do 50%. You can't do 50% when you're older because you have living expenses. But the principle's the same. 40% went into C, sorry, into, uh, yes, into uh, T. So you went 50% in P and 40% went into T. T is temporary money, money that you use to buy things, things that you're going to need, things that you want. It's amazing with kids, especially when they see something they want and they say, Mommy, Daddy, can I have? And you say, yes, if you have enough money in your tea. How quickly they say, well, I don't want to spend my money. I'd rather spend yours. And they don't spend the tea money, the temporary money. And then 10% into C, the charitable money. So use the same principle, whether you're 5, 15, or 50, figure out the percentages and put some money in the P jar, the permanent jar. And if you'll, be, if you'll do that for a few years, you'll be surprised how much money you can save if you tailor down a little bit some of the frivolous things in your life. So that's a great way to start amassing money. Once you have it, what was the principle number one, the number one job when you're investing? Make sure you invest in things that don't go to zero. In other words, risk mitigation. Don't invest in speculative things. And so that brings us back to the coconut, and the coconut produces a nice mid-teens returns, but you can only purchase a plot of coconuts if you have the money to do so. We're not going to talk about those numbers on the on the show. We'll talk about those numbers to anyone that calls, and I invite anyone that's listening that's interested to call me direct, 855-888-6288.
on a monthly, annual, biannual basis. It's amazing what Mother Nature can do for a portfolio. And I guess that's um, some lessons I need to take myself. Um, no, and, and and you know we've heard success stories. We've uh, uh, you know you're the, you proof yourself as to what what can be done. And you know as you, I remember coming on you coming on in the past talking about the different ways of of return of investment. You know you might get two percent, three percent here and there. But the return of investment, if you're able to get in, involved with Alex Wilson from from Precious Timber, is uh, was it, I'm sorry, guaranteed is it seven percent? Well, there's no guarantees in life, and uh, other than maybe death sorry, and taxes. <laughs> and so yeah, so there's no there's there's no guarantees uh, to to anything that we we do in our life on a day to day basis. Obviously, you know. Our company does make two guarantees. We get up every morning and we go to work. And the second guarantee is whatever happens, good, bad, or indifferent, our clients and ourselves will know the truth. And that's really all you can ask for. Yeah, the guarantee was a bad word. I guess I, I should I should have said you know your average ROI. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you're if you're making a a, a nice high single digit or a very attractive double digit return and it is relatively immune to the cyclical nature of ups and downs of stock markets or ups and downs of the value of gold or silver or ups and downs of the value of real estate or you're getting feed to death by this organization or that organization when you you know let the sun and the wind and the rain and the fresh air do the work instead of, you know, a myriad of things that the financial world has, has, has created to try to cause us to put our portfolios, uh, build them around their um, models and platforms. And I'm not, you know, knocking the, the, the establishment for that. I think they, they work hard to, uh, to, to, to make it uh, as, as profitable as possible. But, when you're living in a part of the world that's, you know, many might say has had its heyday and we'll have them again in the future, but not until we've had a crash. What I'm saying tonight is if you have amassed a portfolio, if you do have a nest egg, where are you investing it? I talked about gold and people tell me all the time, well, I have gold because I want the insurance. Well, let me tell you, I disagree with that. Insurance, to me, is something that pays off in a disaster. Well, if we have a disastrous crash, there is no guarantee that gold is going to go up. I mean, you would think it would, but there's no guarantee. There's that word again. It may go up. What if it doesn't? What if it goes down? And then you're sitting on this thing for five years, 10 years, and 15 years, like many people have, and the last time gold went from a high and fell as much as 35% was 2011, and it hasn't returned back since. But before that, it was 25 years before that, 1980, in the 80s when it went up to $800 and then fell again. Who wants to wait another 25 years for the next disaster to happen? Why not harvest wealth through biological means? Listen, if you're investing in gold and silver, you absolutely should have coffee, 
coconuts or timber because it performs right. it performs equally as well, but it pays you along the way. And then when the crash comes, Joe, it doesn't affect. The tree doesn't care. A coconut tree isn't listening to the Dow Jones Industrial Average, for example. No, you're exactly right. And, and gold and silver, precious metals, are more f- of a hedge of protection. You should never look at an investment of gold and silver as some type of way for a quick return on investment or growth with, you know, a quick growth of your investment. It is there to make sure if other things collapse, if the dollar loses its value, if there's instability in the markets, or if there is, God forbid, natural disasters or some situation where you are unable to, you know, get money out of your bank or money's worthless, Gold is just historically money uh, since the beginning of time, and it is there to to preserve the value of money. Whereas you know some of these uh, some people look at it as well. I'm going to buy gold when it's real low and sell when it's real high. And you know if you do it at the right time, that can be done. But the purpose of those investments are for protection of money, not for a quick flip for a profit. It's a great place. Listen, I'm not bashing gold, just like I'm not bashing the stock market or I'm not bashing bonds or real estate. What I'm saying is, is simply this, whilst you're holding those things in the hopes that you got it right when the crash comes, it's a long time to wait to see things go up and down, up and down, up and down. Remember, Warren Buffett is the king of this. If you have, if you're waiting to sell something that you bought at a higher price than you paid for it, in order to, for you to make a profit, it's really a lousy way to grow money. It might be a good way to keep the value of the money. A, a, an ounce of gold today can buy a nice three-piece suit, just like an ounce of gold could buy a nice three-piece suit a thousand years ago. But my point is this. If you're putting your money in assets like gold and silver, why in the world have you not, maybe you just haven't heard about it, why in the world are you not also adding precious tropical hardwoods that are growing on the stump every year at 4, 6, and 8%? Every year, just the volume growth. Then when you harvest it and turn it into lumber, you get another 4, 6, or 8%. And so that is the reason that Ted Turner from Turner Broadcasting, John Malone from Comcast, Jeff Bezos from Amazon, I could go down the list of billionaires that have way more money in timber than they do gold. And in fact, institutions and endowments like Harvard and like Princeton and like Yale that we've discussed In fact, I got a call this last week from Harvard Management Company. They are investing in Nicaragua. They invest in timber. They invest in timber all over the world, Romania, Australia. They put billions of dollars into timber. Why? Because it's growing every year, protecting your purchasing power and spinning off cash. Yes, it's not as readily liquid, you can't go and cash in a tree like you can cash in a, a, a gold coin or, a, or a, a gold bar. But here's something that most people are not familiar with. And they miss this. This is amazing how many investors miss 
the illiquidity premium. What is the illiquidity premium? Yeah, what that's is that? the yeah the illiquidity premium is something that's only earned by a minute percentage of the investment community, namely the wealthy, the ultra wealthy, and every investor has access to it. Most investors have never heard about it. The illiquidity premium is the added extra rate of return you earn by owning less than liquid assets. Most people want to have something that's very liquid in case the market crashes. It's the opposite what you should be investing in. Don't invest in things that are so cyclical that go up and down like a yo-yo or a, a roller coaster that then causes you to have to quickly get out because you can't help your emotions. That's not a great way to create long-term wealth. Stay in something that continually grows at a nice tick and stay in it for 40 years. That's called wealth creation, wealth preservation, capital appreciation. Most investors miss it because they're fixated on having something that they can liquidate quickly. So listen, as we come towards the end of the show, I think there's three points here. Number one is if you want an education in this, use me, use my website. Use our company as the place to go for an education. Call us up, 855-888-6288. Ask for Kevin and he'll arrange for a one-on-one -on -one consultation. Come on down. Come visit the tropics. Come and have a great, you know, short vacation and come walk the plantations and see how everything operates. And then thirdly, which is, I think, the most importantly, take time to understand this, but don't miss the opportunity right now whilst everything is at high values. Don't wait for another financial haircut and have 50% of your portfolio evaporated because of the crash. Move it to safety now, whether it's an IRA, a 401k, or whatever. Figure it out. Get to safety now. Well, I think I'm going to have my dad's spring for, for me to go down there. Uh, <laughs> and I'll check it out myself and report back. No, uh, Alex Wilson, I want to thank you for, for coming on and, and sharing, as always, you know, very insightful. And folks, if you have questions, uh, give them a call. Uh, Alex, give Alex a call at 855-888-6281. Go ahead. It's, it's 855-888-6288. Oh, 88. My terrible handwriting screwed that one up. Uh, <laughs> I apologize for that. Um, and, and yeah, folks, if you have any questions, give him a call. Uh, from, you know, uh, beginner's level to, to, to expert when it comes to investing. Uh, he will, he will help you. And, you know, they've been a sponsor of the Hagman Report for a long time and we can't thank them enough for all that they do. You know, without their support, we would not be able to stay on the air. And, uh, if this is something that, you know, you're on the fence about, you're even just curious about, you're not sure, give Alex a call. He'll, he'll, you know, you can find out one way or another for sure. Alex, we got about um, a minute and a half left. Any closing thoughts before we let you go? Absolutely. We have a lot of free white papers. We have a lot of reports that I've written. Uh, please uh, reach out to us. That's our job. We're an educational company. 
This is not a sales operation. We don't work that way. We're not interested in how many new transactions or how many new clients. We work with individuals that understand the space. We have to fit for you. You have to fit for us. If you're a U.S. person, you have to uh, comply with SEC regulations. If you're an international individual and you're uh, looking for a place to diversify globally, uh, this is a great option. It's something to become familiar with first. Uh, I'll help you with the homework. I won't do the homework for you. You must put in the time and do the homework. But I can tell you, if you do put in the homework, you will become aware of something that so few investors are investing in. It's a shame because it's been one of the most powerful wealth-creating formulas for centuries. God's earth, farmland. It's amazing the value. It's amazing the production. And it's amazing, really, to me, the numbers, the ROI numbers without having such high risk. In fact, the last, the last statement, Jeremy Grantham runs the GMO, it's a fund, it's a, it's a, a multi-billion dollar fund. He says of Timberland, it's the only low risk, high return asset he's found. Well, there you go. Alex Wilson, PreciousTimber.com, PreciousTimber.com, 855-888-6288 is the number. Alex, thank you so much again for, for spending your time with us and uh, getting into that, and uh, we will talk with you soon, and thanks for everything. God bless. God bless you, too. When we come back on the other side, we are going to take your phone calls. I'll give out the number when we come back. Just what kind of thriller predicts the future? In three days in the belly of the beast, Daniel Holdings wrote about the God Particle before CERN actually discovered the God Particle. In As the Darkness Falls, Daniel wrote about an Islamist terrorist confederacy that rose up out of Syria and declared a caliphate three years before ISIS was ever heard of. In his newest novel, Between the Veil, Daniel talks about a space between dimensions where supernatural beings can walk. He says that these novels are a warning from the creator to his creation. Will war come to America? Will the world's economies collapse? Are we looking at increased earthquakes and volcanic activity? Will the United States fall into civil war? You can find all of Daniel's work at his website, DanielHoldings.com. That's DanielHoldings.com. All of these things and more are talked about in Daniel's books. To find out what's coming next, go to DanielHoldings.com. Worldwide demand is making coconuts one of the highest-yielding cash crops available today. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and many high-net-worth individuals have invested billions of dollars into coconuts for strong growth and solid long-term income. Yields could be as high as 18% or more per year. Capital appreciation and exceptional income for up to 60 long years would be an absolutely brilliant investment to pass on to future generations. Diversify wisely with direct ownership of fully managed coconuts on prime farmland close to the beautiful Costa Rican border. 
For more information, qualified accredited investors should go to ProfitsInCoconuts.com or phone 855-888-6288. That's 855-888-6288. This announcement does not constitute an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offer made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288 or visit ProfitsInCoconuts.com. ProfitsInCoconuts.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in this community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. At HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Of the Hagman Report. In case you joined us late, just wanted to give you a quick update with the websites. HagmanReport.com is the website to go to for the latest news and current events. Also, uh, under show notes, it has uh, this week on the Hagman Report detailing uh, the whole week with every guest that we're, we have scheduled to come on. But also, HomelandSecurityUS.com. HomelandSecurityUS.com. It's the oldest of our websites. It's actually my, my father's website. He started a long time ago, just after 9-11. And it, it was a, a huge site, and it still is a great site. And he's starting to repopulate it with original content. If you want the original content, bookmark HomelandSecurityUS.com and check that daily with HagmanReport.com. Uh, there's all kinds of, of information there. And with Hagman Report, I have... Uh, uh, since we've reformatted a few times, I'm I'm making sure I post at least eh, 10 to 15 important stories a day, and you know you'll get about half of those in the a.m. and the other half in the early afternoon. So so check it regularly uh, because it is constantly changing, and uh, always some interesting stuff I find. Uh, <laughs> I don't post the stuff from Drudge and you know just the things you see every time you turn on Fox, MSNBC, and whatnot. I look for for the the interesting, the the stuff that the mainstream media won't put up there, uh, because it's it's damaging or uh, you know they're trying to keep it under wraps. Uh, but there's so much great stuff, you know, from independent writers that are friends of our show, contributors uh, like Sergeant Tim, Stephen Menking, uh, to many others. So so bookmark Hagman Report and bookmark HomelandSecurity.com to make sure you get uh, all the news that we are putting out there. Now, in this hour, we're going to continue to go through news, and at the same time, we're going to take calls. So, um, as long as it's all right with Todd, we're going to open the phone lines, and the number is 844-769-2944. That's 844-769-2944. And, uh, no, Todd said he's ready to go. So, you guys can call anytime. want to hear uh, your thoughts on anything that we've talked about, anything that... Uh, we missed 
or anything from last week. We got the Seth Rich still uh, thing still very, you know, front and center in the news, regardless of you know the mainstream uh, continuing to try to discredit and debunk the people who were asking questions. We have you know some some stuff going on in the White House with Jared Kushner, and I'll speak to the Russia, the the Trump Russia hacking slash Trump Russia collusion real quick. We continue to see, on, as soon as we were done with the show Friday, I believe the next day, Saturday, I opened the computer and one of the headlines on Drudge was, you know, Russia, Kushner ties, secret communication lines, want, uh, you know, tried to be set up. And uh, Drudge did something really interesting today. They put on their front page a Kushner headline and they just left it at the word Kushner and then underneath, I think it was something along the lines of Obama's secret dealings with Russia. They pulled an article from 2014, and I don't have it up here. I can't find it. But they, you know, laid out how Secretary John Kerry met with the Russian ambassador in secret, without Secret Service agents around, without any other government officials around, multiple times trying to, you know, collude to make relations better between the U.S. and Russia. They talked about in the article, you know, Obama will have more flexibility after the election, uh, you know, him colluding with the Russian uh, president, and so on and so on. So back to Kushner. They, again, use the same MO. They bring back the, this, this uh, you know, false story uh, that has absolutely no basis in reality or fact, and no evidence to show for it, and now they're saying Kushner. And when I looked at the headlines, as much as I don't believe Kushner should is, should be a part of the inner circle, as many people say, we did not elect you know, Kushner, we elected Donald Trump. But I, I didn't even read the article. And whether there's, there's um, uh, facts or merit there, it, to me it's irrelevant. They've been pushing this false narrative, and they've been, you know, it's a psyop on the American people. They've been successful with you know the, the cult following Obama had, with the heartbreaking and emotional ties that the Hillary lost, uh, with their fear promoting of Donald Trump. You know, people assume Donald Trump or believe Donald Trump is a racist, a sexist, a murderer, just because they've heard it on the news. So when I saw this Kushner story, uh, I, I said, you know what? I'm not even reading it. It's, I'm no longer even going to pay attention to it. And I believe the, a, lot, a lot of the American people are like that. They don't care. They are so sick of hearing about the Trump Russia narrative. First, it was hacking. We we know for a hundred percent sure. We've always known that the Russians never changed one vote or interfered in the election from hacking elections, polls, or or anything else. Then it was the fake news. Well, Russia created all this fake news, and the people on social media are so dumb that they, uh, even though they were going to vote for Hillary Clinton saw a piece of fake news that made them change their mind and they voted for Donald Trump and that's how the Russians undermine Hillary Clinton and you know influence the election for Trump. Now it's collusion. Now they're saying that a the president of the United States is committing some sort of, of immorality or something unethical or even hinting that it's criminal because he's the president. He wants to restore diplomatic ties in, in the relationship to Russia like presidents do from the beginning of this nation until today, but somehow that's a crime. 
every one of his cabinet members. Oh, have he sold houses in Russia? Does he have real estate dealings in Russia? Uh, you know, is he connected to a bank there? How many of his aides, his aide talked with the ambassador of Russia before the inauguration? Where's the crime? Even if there is, there's no evidence, but where's the crime? So these people continue to push this narrative. They continue to distract. And what are they distracting from? Is it to continue to collude, uh, confuse the minds and cloud the, the judgment and destroy the critical thinking skills of the public? So when they become in power, these people are so uh, delusional, they'll, they'll go along with anything that the, the next democratic progressive president says? Maybe. Are they trying to start a civil war? To the point where uh, these people who who believe this that you know Donald Trump's is is basically Hitler, and he is you know President Putin's uh, lapdog, are they, is it to, for the purposes of a civil war, or is it just to undermine the presidency, and uh, continue to divide people along the party line so much that we will not be able to function as a a, a democratic republic anymore? If you guys want to. To, to call in, weigh in on that, uh, while we take calls again, the number is 844-769-2944. We're going to go to Rob first in Illinois. Rob, welcome to the Hagman Report. Thanks for calling. Oh, thank you, Doug. Or, yeah, Joel, I'm sorry. Uh, you got a lot of questions, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just throwing all that out there. Well, what's, what's you on your mind? Well, you know, we know where the crimes are, and we know why the distractions are there, okay? Uh, that's the bottom line. We know that corporate media, excuse that, corporate media, and the DNC, and even, you know, the mixed bag of uh, politicians we have up there are, and, you know, just spread across the board. They're working their own program. We, the people, no longer matter in this whole mess. It appears they're doing their own thing, and they're going to do it regardless of how blatantly, obviously, criminal it is. And it's, it's a crying shame. You, you know, it is it is a shame. And do you believe that they are are doing this to convince other legislators that, uh, that Donald Trump needs to go? Do you believe that they're doing this to? create more hate and division within the public and confuse them uh, if you had to, to, to guess what their main objective with this is what would it be well let's just back up the, the, the whole, whole point of the deal is they wanted either another Bush in there or a, that Clinton that's what they wanted in there the, you know I think this is the first election that the, the American people actually voted on in decades. I mean, some woman, what do you think? Maybe Carter or maybe Reagan? Was the last time the vote actually mattered? We've been, they've been rigging the system ever since. So this time, we came out in such droves, they could not rig the system because it would have been too blatantly obvious. We actually stood up, we were awake, we went to those polls, and they had to stop. They were trying to steal it just like they stole from from Bernie. They were trying to do it this time. We stopped them because it was so blatantly overwhelming that they just couldn't do it. So with that, they got someone in there that they, <laughs> Clinton was supposed to protect the secrets, Obama protected the secrets, Bush was supposed to protect the secrets, 
the secrets I'm protected from Trump. Trump has access. He has access to all of it. That's the number one thing they are afraid of. Agree or no? Well, you know, I'm not. I'm not sure. I think there's a multi-prong ad- agenda where it is it is globalist in nature. It is you know the shadow government, the CFR. It is um, because think about this. They they were they're upset that Hillary Clinton lost the election. Obama is no, no longer in power. Even by undermining Trump's credibility and his ability to do his job as an impre- as the president, and even let's say he's impeached, you have the line of succession. You're not going to get Hillary Clinton in there. You're not going to get an Obama in there. So as far as to regain some control of the government. Um, this is definitely the wrong way to go about doing it because the only thing they're going to do is hand the power over to a different Republican. Now, as far as the people are concerned, it makes more sense to me that they are doing this for the purposes of uh, creating a stronger divide amongst uh, with the people amongst the government. Now, we saw this grow, you know, from Waco to 9-11... Uh, to the Tea Party, and so on and so on. And it's usually been, you know, conservatives who are saying smaller government, you know, don't you know, tread on our constitution, et cetera, et cetera. But what I, what I see them creating here is a, a blue, a group of violent political activists who won't hesitate to, uh, use violence, uh, even the violence to death when their next leader gets in power to silence the opposition. And that could be the end game. I don't know if you've ever read Albert Pike's Three World Wars. Some people put stock into it, others don't. But it describes perfectly, um, and I'll, I'll read it uh, real quick. Um, this has been around for a while, and many people think it's fake because it mentions things that were well beyond his time. It was Albert Pike wrote a letter to uh, Musini, and its claims is that is from the early, let me see, here it is, the early 1850s, 1871. And they, they talk about three world wars. The first world war talks about uh, the third world war. The first world war must be brought about in order to permit the Illuminati to overthrow the power of the czars in Russia. And then it, it goes on from there. The second world war must be fomented by taking advantage of the fascist and the political Zionists. And it talks about communism from there. But here's the Third World War. Third World War must be fomented by taking advantage of the differences caused by the agitator uh, of the Illuminati between the political Zionists and the leaders of the Islamic world. The war must be conducted in such a way that Islam and political Zionism mutually destroy each other. And it goes on to say the following... um, it says, meanwhile, the other nations, once more divided, will be constrained to fight to the point of complete physical, moral, spiritual, and economical exhaustions. We shall unleash the nihilist and the atheist, which will provide a formidable force in social cataclysm within all its horror, will show clearly the nations the effect of absolute atheism, orig- origin of savagery, and the most bloody turn oil- turmoil. Then everywhere, the citizens obliged to defend themselves against the world minority of revolutions will exterminate the destroyers of civilization. But with the multitude disillusioned with Christianity, um, it goes on to say that we will receive the true light from the universal manifestation of the pure doctrine of Lucifer 
into public view. And the, uh, that manifestation of Lucifer will bring about the destruction of Christianity and atheism. Interesting. You said it was what, 1890? That was written in 1871. And it's Albert Pike's World Wars. He was one of the top Masons in this country. Quite a premonition because, you know, (laughs) this is interesting. Uh, the, what was the part about the economic destruction? Of the people, the third party, which would be us, uh, Christians. Well, he, he just says that we would fight until we are, are uh, physically, emotionally, and spiritually exhausted, and then they would okay, well, unleash the nihil, nihilists and the atheists uh, with a tr- terrible social cataclysm. And after the people left on Earth wipe out those destructors of destruction of civilization, like Antifa, I guess would fit there. Then. Um, the, those who are left would have to uh, accept, and that's when Lucifer would come on the scene, and they would have to accept his his you know end world religion uh, or be taken out. And I imagine that's when the mark of the beast would come in. But the the accuracy, even though people will dispute their authentic, authenticity, uh, and they have for a while, it it becomes more and more as as a possibility, and more and more accurate as time goes by. Well, that's some pretty in-depth stuff, and I think it would take a lot more time than we have maybe for this phone call today. Uh, but, you know, yeah. from my understanding, because I listen to a variety of programs, my understanding is that the Zionists are team, literally teamed up, kind of, with the Islamists. And the Zionists are actually rooting on the Islamists to do the job that they want them to do, and then they're gonna, they feel they're going to come in and sweep in, sweep in behind them. Basically, that's just, I'm just putting that generalization out there. I don't want to get too deep on it. Because if you look in the Israeli newspapers, they're turning around and going, why do we want to go against ISIS? There are, there are allies, basically, is what they said in these uh, Israeli newspapers. They said, we got to support know, ISIS. They, you know, they said, they, that's they, never answered uh, is why is Israel never attacked by ISIS? Exactly. Know. And that, you know, speculation, well, here, but. Here, here's, here's the funny part. They actually, ISIS or Al Qaeda, one of the two, the same party actually, they apologized to Israel for attacking some of their troops. They said, oh, I'm sorry, we're sorry, it's an accident. And they published it in the Israeli newspaper. So why would it, uh, Al Qaeda, ISIS doesn't apologize to anybody, but they went and apologized to the Israelis. That tells you right there. It, right and blatantly, they're saying it right in those newspapers. And it, number, you know, number one publishings in Israel, right on the front page, they have their, the military and, Whatever, they're politicians out there just saying straight out, we support them. You know, they, they, they heal their wounded, they send them back into battle. It, it tells you right there, well, we just, you know, we so just don't sweet, hear that. We're not going so, to hear yeah, so, that on corporate media. You know, Sweden you know? and UK, in the UK do the th- same thing. Rob, I appreciate your call. We got a few more calls. I got to let you go. About, you know, with ISIS, one of the crazy things with the Europe, uh, Immigration and invasion of Europe with with Islamists is uh, certain areas in there's the country of Sweden and there's a few more. They bring back people, ISIS fighters, people who were were terrorists fighting with ISIS. Give them housing, give them food, uh, you know, give them benefits. ISIS fighters, and they wonder why Sweden's turned into the rape capital of the world. They wonder why terror is ravishing. Just about every country in Europe on on a weekly, if not monthly basis, 
We're going to move on. We're going to go to another call. Joel in Minnesota. You're live on the Hagman and Hagman Report. My name is Todd from Minnesota. Oh, sorry, Todd. What's going That's on? Quite all right. How are you tonight? I can't complain. How about you? Pretty good, pretty good. I just want to give you a heads up. God picked Mr. Trump. He's in charge now. That's what's going on. Bottom line. He's kicking ass everywhere. And uh, we've no humans ever seen this before. So you got to be lucky to be alive to see this. I'm telling you right now, he was picked. And there's nobody on earth that could complete or do what he has done. The guy came out of nowhere. It's supposed to be Bush and Hillary, and Donald Trump came out of nowhere. He had this plan. I'm guaranteeing you he did. But what are some God. of the accomplishments? All I gotta say. What are some of the things uh, Trump has done that you are happy about? Uh, the signing of pedophiles. That was his first executive order. Going after traffickers. Very first one he signed. And that was okay. right away. I believe I even seen him sign the elimination of the BLM, Bureau of Land Management, which is huge because uh, they're hmm. over there raping everybody and dumping cows and dump trucks and stuff like that. And shooting yeah. uh, the boy Finnegan in the back, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that was that was a big one, and I'm not sure that he stopped it yet. Uh, he wants to roll back the Obama administration regulations sought to give the Bureau of Land Management control over uh, local residents' land. Now, I don't, I have not seen that that uh, is confirmed, but I will uh, definitely look at that and. Yeah, no, I've seen, I've seen it. It was, that was actually on TV, I believe, where he signed that, to where okay. he actually said, we don't need the BLM, we don't need them guys to be taking people's land anymore. So, well, that, that's uh, great. Billy Jack, you remember that movie? That's what he was up against. So, yeah. taking over their land, BLM. In fact, they let him film on there. The BLM had credits on that show. So, all right, well, I just want to let you know Trump's kicking butt, and uh, I thank God for him, and I, I, I just wish the sheep would wake up because there's such a division, it's not even funny. It's unbelievable what, even your family gets changed because of it, so that's, that's all crazy. Personal, you have any personal experience with that? Uh, with family? No, not my family. My family's fine, but I've heard so many stories of my friends' family. They don't even come over to dinner and eat dinner with each other anymore because of it. It's just mind-boggling that, and they're still stuck there. They're, it's not like it's a temporary thing. This is a yeah. biblical battle we have. That's what's going on. It's totally God and the devil fighting. And uh, God picked Trump, and he's doing very well. As far as I'm concerned, he is. And he's fine. I mean, just imagine if it went the other way. How horrible. That would have been the last nail in the coffin for the New World Order to have control. He's not going to even sign this France thing for for this weather warming stuff. He's not even going to okay that. He, he's playing it off like he is, but he's home safe, and he's going to say, screw you guys, I ain't signing it. So, New World Order will start with the climate change. That's the bottom line there. So, imagine someone getting taxes from every single human being on Earth, one entity. That's crazy. 
Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, there's a lot that he's unable to get done. Every, you know, the whole focus has been, uh, fake scandals. And then when he does enact legislation or take actions that uh, align with his campaign promises and what his supporters want, he is, you know, uh, turned at every corner, specifically by activist judges who are not following the Constitution at all because what was put out there is constitutional. They are making the decisions based on, uh, you know, the, the anger that Hillary Clinton didn't win and trying to score political points with who they deem is the majority of America who doesn't like Trump. But I don't believe that for a second. The majority of America is the ones who support Trump, M- many of them silent. But when uh, we did the know. caucus here where I live now, we went to, I, this first time I ever went to a caucus, I went there on a Tuesday night, wherever it was, and, uh, it was packed. It was unbelievably packed. And when we're all sitting in the theater of school, which was 100% packed, the stairways were packed, the outside area and the hallway were packed, the local representative, the lady that represents the Republicans, she asked, you know, she's up there doing her speech or whatever, she asked, how many people are here for their first time? 99 or 100% people lifted their hand up. And the, the woman almost started crying. She, she almost lost it. She almost lost it right there in front of us. But everybody raised their hand. So that's how that's awesome. Mr. Trump did. That's a God thing. I'm telling you, man to man, I'm I'm not lying. I'm telling you, it's yeah, the that's truth. awesome. Thank you, God. So, but well, hey, I, I appreciate you letting me hang out on your show for a little bit. I uh, listen to you all the time. I love you guys. You guys are a good father and son team. So, well, God bless you. Thanks for listening. Too, I heard. Hmm. I said, God bless you. Thanks for listening. Yeah, I do. I do all the time. I appreciate you. If I make some more money, I'll throw you a check or something once in a while. How about that? <laughs> well, that's uh, that would be much appreciated, and we can't thank you enough. All right. Well, uh, good luck to your family on the medical thing. Sorry about that. Oh, thank you. You have a great evening. You too. Thank you. Mm, bye. We're going to get to our next call in just a second. I've got to tell you a quick story. Eric, you got to hear this. Yeah, we're going to skip the, the network break. So, uh, today, uh, we live in Northwest Pennsylvania. And, you know, just got done with Memorial Day holiday. Didn't leave much during the holiday. So I was running a few errands, uh, today. Had to, had to go get a haircut. Had to go, uh, to, to the convenience store. And this is the first time this has happened to me in Erie. A man stopped me. He looked like a firefighter, kind of big. He was bald, younger. And he, he put his hand on my shoulder. He says, are you Joe Hagman? Kind of reminded me like a, uh, like a detective. And when you're in trouble, uh, <laughs> like, oh, what'd I do? First time, uh, being in Erie in our town where somebody who was a listener to the show recognized me. And I, I was kind of, me and uh, my wife were, were together. And it was it was just pretty neat because we get to meet when we go to conferences and when we're out and about we get to meet tons of people all the time and uh, not that we're famous or anything I mean that would be the last thing I'd ever want but uh, when you're home you know you just go about your daily life we come to the studio we do our thing we go home take care of what we need to um, in the town and never you know really ran into anybody uh, my wife says she's ran into a few people here or there. I know my, my dad has, but, um, just some, to, to be standing in the store and have some stranger come up to you. 
but it was it was pretty cool. I I, I just wanted to tell that story because uh, that hasn't happened in all the time we've been doing radio, and uh, it's always nice to say hi to somebody who listens. So, sir, if you're listening, just wanted to let the audience know that it was a true story. <laughs> all right, John, John Robertson, who's this guy? I don't think we like him, Eric. Hey, John. <laughs> Well, thank you very little. <laughs> I knew it. Joe, I should have screened your call. <laughs> oh, yes. And, I, and the thing is, I gave fair warning. I sent smoke signals. I sent the carrier pigeon. I said, look, I'm in queue. Uh, if you've got an empty slot, bring me in for a second. But, Joe, I thought we'd do two things quickly, and we won't monopolize too much of this valuable call-in time uh, for our listeners and viewers. Folks, again, if you want to speak with Joe Hagman this evening, that number is 844 769 2944, or if you have questions, just simply send them to studio at hagmanandhagman.com and just put question real big in the subject line so Joe sees that, and of course he's always willing to entertain your questions on air via email, and that email again folks is studio at hagmanandhagman.com but Joe, I thought we'd just take a couple minutes and do two things quickly, um, I know you and I spoke earlier today about so much of the disinformation that is coming out with our ongoing uh, investigative work in the Seth Rich case. And I wanted to inform our listeners and viewers quickly that we have three or four primary sources, uh, uh, investigators, investigative journalists, uh, who we are working with really from across the spectrum. Uh, we had George Webb on last Thursday evening. Folks, we have Liz Crokin uh, working with us uh, really on a temporary week-by-week basis. Liz Crokin... Uh, who's been on the show a number of times, will be writing some original articles for HagmanReport.com. Her first original article will post tomorrow morning, and uh, she's been working some great contacts with Seth Rich. Uh, in the first hour, you heard from Alicia Powell, uh, who is a reporter for our friends over at WorldNet Daily. And uh, we are cultivating relationships right now with two more really big names. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back off on saying who they are now because uh, we don't have either of them on the calendar. Uh, so, folks, we are really working as really to the best of our ability to bring in information and points of view from different people in different major cities in the country, all of whom are working different angles on the Seth Rich case. But, Joe, I want to bounce it back to you. Uh, perhaps you can uh, just remind some of our viewers and listeners that, that we really are at a place now where there's a lot of disinformation coming out, and I want folks to be careful. Uh, Joe? Yeah, Absolutely. Excuse me. This morning, last night or this morning, I was doing my regular uh, research into the latest developments developments on 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 the Seth Rich investigation. What people post on forums. Uh, there's a few channels uh, or yeah websites you can go to to find some updates as well as doing search engine inquiries into the matter, but you're not going to get much in the way of those anymore. And Twitter either. Twitter has been, uh, you know, constantly banning and shadow banning anything to do with Seth Rich, even to the point where they banned or suspended WorldNet daily from Twitter due to their Seth Rich stories. So the first thing that caught my eye, it was either uh, maybe 2 in the morning or or, or uh, maybe around 7 this morning. There was a alleged memo, FBI memo, going around, which was heavily redacted, and it what the, the areas that weren't redacted uh, appeared, appeared to mention Seth Rich 
the DNC, and WikiLeaks. So I saw some people on, you know, like things like the Free Republic and, and other internet forum sites where people post and others comment and try to verify and, and share information. And uh, it wasn't too long after that, that I found that there was a tweet by Julian Assange, and he had that same memo and uh, said the memo was fake and went on to show why it was fake. And then the once you see the original memo that's unredacted, unclassified, it's from 2012. Uh, but some people started to run with that. Now, the second thing is that I saw uh, just in the last 12 hours or so was a man claiming to be a D.C. Metro police officer, uh, gave his badge number or a badge number, and made some claims that, one, there was body cam cam footage available and two that when they arrived on the scene the police arrived on the scene where Seth Rich was shot the police report says he's still con- he was still conscious now the person who was on the Twitter account claiming to be an officer who was there went on to say he was told by Seth Rich that it was a hit now this is still up on Twitter it's been up there for maybe 12 18 hours if I posted something on Twitter that said, I think Seth Rich is the DNC WikiLeaks connection, my Twitter would be shut down pretty much within an hour. For, and let's just say it was real. An actual police officer was there, heard what, what Seth said, and posted it on Twitter now. How long until that you think that got would be taken down, John? Well, I would go back to uh, our back-to-back Monday and Tuesday evenings in uh, early March with Angela Warren, uh, a.k.a. Pizzagate Angela on Twitter, who has been suspended permanently after being temporarily suspended four times. Now, folks, at that time, all I did was post a screenshot of Angela's account, uh, and, I, and the, my um, little, little pithy comment read, censorship question mark, do you want to see how badly it's gotten? with the little finger emoji pointing down to that screenshot. Folks, I had about a 1,002 followers at the time, so I'm brand new on Twitter. And I was uh, shadow, or not shadow banned, but placed in the Twitter uh, bad boy corner. I was timed out for 12 hours uh, throughout the course of that Monday afternoon. We know that our friends over at WorldNet Daily, as indicated in an excellent article by Bob Enru, uh, that was front page WorldNet Daily on Friday, uh, May 26th, uh, WND was placed in a 12-hour timeout. So quickly, folks, uh, with the whole uh, Seth Rich story, uh, here at the Hagman Report, we are working with four or five different investigators. They, they do on occasion work together and share notes, but primarily we've got about four really good go-tos who are working different angles from the case on the case from D.C., from Los Angeles, from Chicago, from San Antonio, and I want everyone to be very careful. Uh, Joe and I do this as a matter of course. If it comes out on Twitter, that's the wild, wild west. Do not just run with it as though it's, you know, gospel truth, but really take the time to vet it. Check out HagmanReport.com, especially this week, folks. We're just now getting Liz Crokin. Now, Liz has 18 years of real-deal journalistic experience. She has more magazine cover uh, stories 
uh, than, really than she can even count. When I asked her about it, she, she laughed and said she wasn't sure how many she has, but it, it exceeds 30, 40 magazine covers over the past decade. So we're going to do our best, uh, folks, at HagmanReport.com to bring you information that's been very thoroughly vetted. And for those of you who have had not, a, have not had a chance to make uh, Doug or Joe's acquaintance, uh, please understand they vet things very, very uh, uh, seriously. They, they run these stories through a very fine-tooth uh, criteria. So with regard to Seth Rich, hang out with us here at Hagman and Hagman, HagmanReport.com. Uh, we're going to have some great articles coming up this week, uh, primarily, again, from Liz Crokin, Alicia Powell, as well as Leo Homan. Our friends at WND will be back shortly to check in. I have a call-out to Scott Greer over at Daily Caller, another friend of the show. Uh, he will be joining us. And then I thought, lastly, Joe, what I'd do is just go through a couple of quick guests that we've got coming up in the next few weeks, and then I'd bounce it back to you. Folks, you definitely want to take this opportunity to speak with Joe. You can speak whatever's on your mind. And that number, again, is 844-769-2944. Joe, a quick litany of guests, and then I'll hand it back to you, sir, let you get back on with your show. Uh, when we look at this week, uh, we have John Lovell from WarriorPoetSociety.com joining us tomorrow folks this guy is a former airborne army ranger he loves the lord uh i'm sure as the in, the website would indicate warriorpoetsociety.com he's a debut guest you're going to want to check that out when we look at thursday we've got james wesley rawls certainly one of the godfathers of preparedness joining us friday uh the entire uh dr ted brewer healthmasters healthmasters.com the entire family's checking in austin brewer who we like a lot at Hagman Report. He's coming in, folks, get this. He's coming in with a report on television and the developmental distress it places on your kids, and he's got a bombshell report on a Netflix documentary about Pedogate and child trafficking that was so profound, and, and Joe and listeners, it upset victims of child trafficking in such a hardcore manner that they applied an aggregate uh, grassroots pressure on Netflix and they had that documentary pulled so you're going to want to join us on Friday uh, June 2nd for that report from Austin Brower. Uh, looking forward at the next week we're going to do a massive follow up on May 5th with Hugo Flagan. Now folks many of you have been with us a couple years you remember the whole Loretta Fuddy story where the plane went down in Hawaii, did she live, did she die, it was all about the Obama birth certificate that was from our citizen investigator, Butter DeZillion. Butter DeZillion has gone into semi-retirement, but she handed her entire caseload to Hugo Fuegan, and he's going to join us on May 5th to pick that story up. May 6th, we've got uh, John Haller. Many of you know who John Haller is. He's been a guest on the show before, followed by Stan Deo. Of course, Pastor Langford will, will join us Wednesday. And Thursday and Friday next week, Thursday, June 8th, you do not want to miss this show, folks. I just spoke with him this morning. Michael Snyder, economiccollapseblog.com, is going to check in for the first hour, followed by a debut guest, Mickey Poletta. And, Joe, I know you're reading his book. He's got an, an amazing book about the bankruptcy Federal Reserve scam that has not only taken down our money system, but, folks, you're being taxed by the Federal Reserve scam. It's a backdoor taxation. So you may think you're paying a 30 or 40% tax bracket, but when you look at the amount of funny money they're printing and how badly that hurts you at the grocery store or paying your utility bills, making your car payment, et cetera, 
This debut guest, Mickey Paletta, again, Thursday, June 8th. He's going to frame it up so beautifully so that you can make wise decisions with your money and understand that the government has got a backdoor taxation scheme in place that is hurting the financial wherewithal for you and for your family. And lastly, Joe, and I know we're all really excited about this, on Friday the 9th, two hours with our main man, Josh Peck, uh, a dear friend, an old friend of the show. And what is Josh Peck going to be talking about? Cannibal Christianity. I mean, Joe, it's like Tom Horn wrote a few years ago. There's blood on the altar. The brethren are eating their own. And Josh Peck is going to come in, and he's going to give us a no-holds-barred rundown on cannibal Christianity. So I just wanted to encourage folks to be cautious with Seth Rich. I wanted to give you a great idea of what's coming up on the calendar in the next 10 days. We have some great shows planned for you. We have plenty of space built into each evening to bring in reporters to hit the Seth Rich thing. We're going to keep you up to the minute on breaking news. We're going to spare you from the fake news and the disinformation. Joe Hagman has got a personal axe to grind with fake news and disinformation uh, thwarting the understanding of our listeners and viewers. We're just not going to tolerate that. We're going to bring you the real deal, legit uh, business. And, uh, Joe, I just thank you so much for letting me punch in for a couple minutes. I'm sure the, the, the calls are lit up at this point. That number, once again, folks, 844-769-2944. Pick up the phone. Give Joe a call. God bless all of you. And, Joe, thank you for having me in tonight. Well, John, thank you for for jumping in there, and uh, um, yeah, I appreciate the call. And and you know, when you come on, you got a, a great energy, John, and you work really hard. And you've been putting together some fantastic shows and and working hard with those guests and whatnot. And uh, we can't thank you enough for all the hard work that you do, even taking the time off to call into the show. So God bless you, buddy. God bless you, Joe. Have a great rest of your show. Bye bye now. You too. Have a good night. All right. Uh, the phone lines are open, 844-769-2944. This is your chance to, to get in here and talk about anything you want to talk about. Um, absolutely anything you want to talk about. Um, back to, uh, we were talking about North Korea. We were talking about the continued warmongering with North Korea. One thing I want to make sure that we touch on that we have not mentioned yet is the leaks, the White House leaks. Now these things, it's it's getting crazy. Um, you know, I'm I'm only 34 years old. The the first real president I remember is Bill Clinton. I remember, I think we were in Washington D.C. at a hotel room, uh, me and my dad and the family, watching the impeachment hearings on TV from this hotel room. And after that, you know, we had Bush Senior, and uh, it's just uh, the amount of pre- in my life, the presidents that I've seen, they've all been corrupt. The government's always been corrupt. I've never, I don't know if it's inherent or not, or if it's uh, you know, uh, since my dad was an investigator, I, I I didn't like the authority, but I never trusted presidents. Uh, Donald Trump was the first president I actually have hopes for that he's different than the other ones and even enough so to make some positive changes now I've always been very skeptical of Trump not because of him as a person but because of the uh, task that's at hand the influences around him we all know what happens to 
people who get out of line, doesn't matter if you're a DNC staffer or the president of the United States, as we saw with John F. Kennedy. And, and that's just one thing that, you know, we have to, uh, keep our eye on. And I bring that up because I was talking with Dave Hodges yesterday on, or on Sunday on his show. And yes, Donald Trump is, is, has done a lot of great things. I do believe that, especially in the time we live in, in this world, with this evil in the world, that he was put there. And will God use him for the way, uh, he needs to? Absolutely. Did God use Obama the way, uh, that God wanted him to? Probably, probably. Um, you know, that doesn't mean I have to like him. Uh, and, and obviously it doesn't mean we have to go along with his criminality. But everything does happen for a reason. And we might not understand that reason. But, uh, you know, it could be for a number of, of important uh, reasons and indicators uh, to see where we are as a people. And obviously, you know, this last election with the media, the propaganda, it has brought us into more of a mental whole. People are so void of critical thinking, so void of morality, embracing, and I'm not, I don't want to be gross here, but I learned yesterday that there's a thing called anal tattoos. The reason I brought that up is because, uh, in the summer, you know, you have these different gay pride parades, and I, I, I listened to a story about a man who divorced his wife because uh, she wanted to bring his kids to this uh, gay pride parade, which he didn't have a problem with his wife and friends going. But because of the lewd acts and the things that were showcased at this parade, he didn't want his kids to go. They ended up getting a divorce over it. I know a lot of people out there who are married who are going through issues because of the, what we see in the political world. I know that's sad uh, to say because there's much more important things out there, especially when you're dealing with marriage. But this kind of stuff has been tearing families apart. Um, my, my wife I, has lost friends. Well, I've told her to stay away from certain people because it's just, uh, you know, the disconnect is, is so vast. It, it almost is like people have been given a lobotomy. It's almost like The Walking Dead was a glimpse into the future of the minds of the people. Uh, you know, idioc- Idiocracy, I think, was the movie. Uh, they live. That's a good movie where the guy wears the glasses and can see through everything. Eric says he loves that movie. I've only seen parts of it and only on TV. I still got to get my hands on that. We're gonna go to Jim in Michigan. Jim, thanks for thanks for calling. What's on your mind? Hi, and it's Tim, not Jim, but that's fine. Hey, totally on a different subject. Uh, when it comes to Israel. I've I've spoke to you before about this, and I was just curious. Uh, when you they speak of Israel, Israel was uh, in the Old Testament, of course, twelve tribes. One tribe being the tribe of Judah, who I believe are the the Jews of today, or who are the Jews, that tribe of Judah. Where are the Jews? But there were eleven other tribes in this uh, Abrahamic uh, kingdom and they split and they divided and they did all that stuff but what happened to these other 11 tribes when people speak and I hear you guys speak often like well the Jews in Israel and it's uh, you know it's like well not not all Israel are Jews right, there, were tw- right. there was 11 other tribes in that 
the tribe of Israel is much more than just the Jews. Well, you know, some people argue where, that the, ahead, the, the people in Israel now who inhabit Israel are not even the same as the Jews in the Bible, which, you know, sure. I'm not... But but I do understand well, what you're Jesus, saying. Jesus came, you know, that's what exactly Jesus accused him of. Who took over? You know, who did this? And where did those other tribes go? And I think that's, you know, and I love Steve Quayle and everything, at the, the Giants, and how all that plays in history, but also plays in history too are the other 11 tribes and who are these people and why haven't they ever been identified in in our all this history and all this time i mean who are these other people who are these other tribes and does it matter and where are they today and because abraham was abraham was made promises that you know his tribes would be the numbers of the stars i mean you wouldn't be able to count them they'd be great nations the greatest nations and i I can't see how go ahead i'm I'm sorry no i just want to say that's why you know because we know that it is god's plan it is him who wrote the beginning from the end i believe he uh regardless of what we think or or you know um what it appears he knows exactly obviously he knows exactly what he's doing and and things are being done for uh that reason and purpose and i think when everything's all said and done uh, we will have the answers i believe that too and i also believe too like just in the old testament when israel was removed the tribes were removed and it was uh oh syria that came in and removed the uh, most of Israel moved them out in, uh, in captivity and never really to be uh, heard from again. And God, you know, that's what, when you turn your back on God, he turns his back on you and he said, you, you know, you guys are just going to disappear. You won't, you won't even know who you are. And here, yeah. here now we are out in the future and now who are these people that don't even know who they are? In, in, in what, in history and where they came from and who they, you know, who they have ties to. And why is, and I believe that that is just as a big deception in this world is like hiding the giants. I don't know. Uh, you could be onto something there. Um, you said your name was Tim? Well, I don't, I don't think it was by accident that a uh, white race and I, I don't mean this in a racist way. I just mean it in the way that how this nation flourished to be the greatest nation ever, you know, to, on the face of the earth. I don't think that was by accident. I think that was promised to us. And not that we deserved it. Abraham deserved it. We didn't. Well, you know, um, and I think that's who knows where, I think that's where Americans get Americans get caught up in the idea that we deserve everything we get, and it's no, we don't, not really. Well, and we don't we know. We could be setting up for something that else. Were made thousands of years ago. I mean, we could have been made to flourish just for the sole purpose of being the head army uh, of the Antichrist, who who tries to you know um, launch war against the Lord. We, that's yet to be seen. Um, we don't that's know what we, our purpose, too. our purpose uh, for this nation is. We have been blessed beyond belief, beyond any nation in the history of the world. Uh, you know, As with, with resources and were, comfort. But we also were a more religious, and we started turning our back. 
We ran God out of our schools. We ran God out of our uh, uh, courthouses. I mean, we we started turning our back on God, and I just think it's ironic how God turns his back on us, how now we're plagued with uh, having uh, people, uh, you know, in America blowing things up. we got to worry about stuff like that. The only yeah, reason compared we, to the other the nations. we did is because God's hand was uh, protecting us. It wasn't because uh, we had the greatest uh, army. No, absolutely, and, absolutely. It was we, I mean, absolutely it matter. the hand of God, and and I don't. I think we get caught up in ourselves saying we got the greatest armies and the greatest everything, but that's not what protects America and keeps America great. It's well, whether it's the greatest God. army. Or the greatest army or the best medicine or you know whatever it is Anything. we always need to be Anything. grateful to god and, and attribute those things to him because absolutely uh, everything you know, came from him everything that's right Nothing Tim, i got three earth. callers Nothing. i got to get thank to you. in the last few minutes god but i want to thank you for day. calling and you have a good evening too all right we're going to go next to sergeant tim sergeant tim good to hear from you What's on your mind, buddy? Hey, how are you doing, Joe? Doing good. Uh, thanks so much for taking my call. I'm I'm doing great. Uh, you know, it's it's really funny what uh, your last caller was just talking about. There was was something that I'm actually writing an article for for the Hagman Report right now, uh, taking it a little bit deeper into the political side as well as the spiritual side of the fact that uh, we have turned our backs on God. And I believe that it is a it, there's a, a multifaceted social war going on in this country, and and we see it every day play across our, our TV screens. We see it in our workplaces. We see it play out across social media. You know, uh, just recently I read an article about the fact that there's there's marriages that are splitting up over political views and social views and this oh, is all yeah. the culmination do what i said oh yeah you're exactly right well i think this is the culmination Rampant. of a period of indoctrination that has gone on in this country i personally uh you know i've, I've studied a lot about communism a lot about communist theory and and the way that they infiltrate a country i see a lot of that in this uh and i've I've said it many times in my articles and uh and i'll say it again right now is that communism is antithetical to belief in christ it's antithetical to american values and the communist i i see it as a communist but whether you want to see it that way or not there has been an infiltration into our schools and they uphold that that period of social upheaval in the 60s as kind of the gold standard and there were a lot of things that came out of the 60s that were good one of those things being the civil rights movement however uh each generation that goes through that indoctrination they look for their kind of 60s moment their social issues that they can pound away at. I think that that's what is behind a lot of the uh, BLM movement, is they're looking for their own kind of civil rights movement, when that movement has already, in my opinion, has already been achieved. You know, that, that goal has been achieved. Certainly there's, there's still racism in this country, 
but it's not at the point that it was then and I don't believe that you're ever going to stamp that out you're you're always going to have a certain level of racism um, but I think that as this indoctrination has gone on each generation looks for that moment and we can't achieve the same things you know Joe I think I think you're probably of the same generation I am generation X and certainly we looked for that uh, I know in 1991 I was a senior in high school when the first Gulf War broke out and we all thought that that was going to be the next Vietnam War uh, there was all kinds of talks of, of draft and, and this and that and uh, it was over in, in the blink of an eye so uh, that was not our our Vietnam moment but we all looked for that and I think that we have entered a point where this indoctrination has convinced the American people that it's okay to uh to destroy the, the the family unit in the form of divorce, it's okay to kill your baby in the womb in the form of abortion, and it's okay to to tear down those traditional structures that have served to bring about the prosperity in this country that we enjoy today. But we're standing on the precipice of that prosperity being gone. And this social war could very well end up being a, a civil war. And, I mean, that's something that, that you and your dad talk about all the time, right, Joe? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Very quickly it could turn that way. And and I just think that we are standing at, a, at, a, at that precipice. And as Steve Quell has said many, many times, and I remember the first time I heard him say this, and it really struck a chord with me, because I'd never heard anyone put it this way, is that there isn't a political solution to a spiritual problem. And I see it play out on, on social media. You know, I, I hate to, to bash the, uh, the Trump-trained people, because I, I also support Donald Trump, but I don't look at him as the savior of this nation. There's only one right, savior right. of this nation, and that's Jesus Christ. And whenever I see them hold him up as some kind of of idol and some kind of king, and, and I mean, some of them border on worshiping the guy, you can't put that much yeah. faith in a single human being. No, very well said. You can't. Tim, we only got about a minute left. I want to thank you so much for calling and uh and and sharing your insight. I wish we had more time. And uh you know, great job on the on the writings that you have putting up that you put up on the site. Well, thank we, you so uh, much. I really Jeff. appreciate that. Thank you so much and thank you for taking my call, brother. God bless you. God bless Doug and we'll talk again soon. Well, God bless you too and and thanks for the call. Um mm-hmm. that was Sergeant Tim, folks. If you go on our website, you can find Sergeant Tim and his writings. They're they're right there. Uh, under the byline, Sergeant Tim, uh, Larry, Colorado, John, California. I got your names written down. I'll do that right now. You call back next time we have open lines, and we will put you to the front of the line. And if you get a chance, just even mention it to the call screener when you call, and I'll just have them put a star next to your name. Um, but thanks for calling. We love when we take calls. Uh, we're going to start doing that more often. Um Again, you heard you heard John Robertson earlier. 
explain what we got going on this week. If you did not hear, go to HagmanReport.com. On the right-hand side, there's an old-fashioned picture of a radio. Uh, there, it's the week in review. You can click on it, read the guests from uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, as this is a short week since we had Memorial Day. So, again, I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us. That'll do it for us tonight. Until tomorrow, stay safe, God bless, and have a great evening. Thank you.